The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back and let's get this fucking show started. Assemble! You're to Fantastic Forum, the premier show about comic books, and you're live with the conversations about entertainment and culture. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. As you can see, we got a full house here with us today, because today we are going to be talking about The Mandalorian Season 2. This is our Mandalorian uh, Season 2 spectacular. So we want to go ahead and welcome all of you that are watching, and uh, for those of you that are here. I just want to go ahead and make sure that I mention everybody real quick. First of all, you got the silent assassin, Jay. You got got our intrepid senior reporter, Oz. I'm not used to this many people around me. There it is. There it is. (laughs) The the backbone, Moses Magnum. There it is. We have uh, artist extraordinaire, Dave Ryan. We got we we got we got the the, sens- the sensational normie, hey, and we have our, our our resident comic book historian Jessica in the house. How's everybody doing? Uh, look, thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah. So listen, obviously we only have a couple hours, and we got a lot of people. And I'm sure we'll have more people to come. Uh, to that have opinions on this show. Uh, so I just want to go ahead and and just put it out here. I want to get just a general take from everyone in regards to what you all thought about season two in general. Not not necessarily, you know, not the the finale specifically, but season two in general. Uh, and I, you know, I'd like to go ahead and start uh, with Dave Ryan, uh, what did you think of season two in general, Dave? Uh, I thought it was great uh, amalgamating with all different directors doing different things. Um, I think I really enjoyed uh, watching the um, director's take. Uh, when they spoke to the directors, I don't know if everybody saw that. It was about an, uh, maybe 45 minutes. Um, it, it was very revealing, and I really enjoyed it. They were talking about how they got involved in the show and mm-hmm. the episodes they were working on. You know, it revealed a lot. You know, a lot was taken and we made it all work. And I thought all their talents together really made a great uh, nostalgic yet uh, new story. So I think they, they took a lot of stuff, like from the dune with the worms going through the ground and, you know. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, they took a lot of stuff from here and there. But I, I think it really worked, you know. I, I enjoyed the whole thing. There you it go. Enough that each episode was um, 
it was enjoyable in itself. So good stuff, good stuff. So also, I should, <laughs> I should also mention if you do want to get down with Fantastic Form, share your opinion. You can go ahead and, of course, click the link if you're watching us on YouTube uh, or basically wherever you're watching us. You can go ahead and uh, join in on the fun through the links. Or, you know, if you're like listening and you're like, hey, I don't see any links or whatnot, you can go to fantasticforum.live and uh, go ahead and join either chat or join the show through there. So, uh, Normie, listen. We, we, you know, we all been geeking out about Mandalorian throughout the entire season. What were your thoughts on season two? Dude, all I'm saying is Disney take my money. Season two was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like it was, you know, they're short episodes, but mm -hmm. I'm like stuck. And I'm like, oh, they're not going to end here, are they? And they would. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I need more. This is not enough time. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I, it, I've, you know, it was like an adrenaline rush the whole entire season. And just like when you're about to like, yes, it stops. Yeah. And, it, and it was perfect timing because now you want more and you couldn't wait till Friday. And I'm like, Ooh. please let there be a snow day. Cause I teach, please let there be a snow day so I can stay home and watch me. <laughs> that was how it was every Thursday night. Please snow day. <laughs> I never got a snow day on Friday. So I had to like turn off the phone, not touch Twitter, nothing. So. Season two, amazing. You know, it's very hard to come to a second season. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, they did a great, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oscor, let's go to you, buddy. What What did you think of uh, Mandalorian season two in general? Hey, it was okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. It, it was good. I mean, even the episodes that were filler were still great episodes on their own. And that's kind of rare. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, listen, uh, I, I would be lying to you if I said that I haven't seen somebody uh, uh, express a similar opinion to what you just did. It, it's definitely fewer and f further between, but there are people that have done. <laughs> Jessica, number I, two. Oh my two. goodness. Okay. I think overall they did. So Dave Filoni and John Favreau did a great job pulling in from all the mediums. So if you mm -hmm. were a video game lover mm -hmm. and you felt some episodes to others, they may feel some like fillers, but right. to some others, they feel like it's a video game side mission. So oh, to those people, it's not a wasted time. It's not a wasted mm -hmm. episode. And yeah. if you love the comics, the books, Clone mm -hmm. Wars, animated Rebels, I think that the two men really understood what they were doing and they were to pull everything from old and new trilogy kind of together in mm -hmm. all the mediums so you enjoyed everything. Because I think like Oz, like not everyone's going to enjoy every single episode. As much as others, I don't think they're overall going to hate it. You're right. But I think they did a really, really good job tying not just the mythos together, but mm -hmm. also all just pulling resources and characters and ideas or theories from all the different mediums. Mm -hmm. They were also good enough to, they could make spinoffs in other mediums from this. For example, mm -hmm. a comic book, mm -hmm. a solo series that's a limited run. Mm -hmm. or maybe a video game they were smart enough not to box themselves into a corner mm -hmm. and i think that was what was most intriguing just story-wise and plot-wise so i really did i really enjoyed it i liked it i like i loved first season 
Yeah. You always wonder how they're going to top it, and they right. definitely did a lot of things even better the second season. And they were smart to do a recap in the beginning, but yeah. only the important elements that matter to that episode. They weren't giving a useless recap. Those right. really, those really bother mm. me. But they gave you just what enough that if you had a friend that came in at the end, like they swooped in Infinity War Endgame, they were still mm -hmm. enough to understand what was happening. Right. Which I, I, which I liked as well. Right. They did a really good job there. Right. Moses Magnum, what were you, what was your overall thought on uh, the Mandalorian season two, buddy? Well, dude, I mean, <clears throat> it was just just overall well made. Uh, whether it's the recaps like that, the filler episodes, not so filler. You know, they did make them feel like a side quest. <laughs> and uh, even Emily was like, ah, oh, another quest. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's kind of cool too. Like, she, I was like, that's kind of cool too, because you really don't get that in Star Wars, because they're always just confined to movies. Yeah. <laughs> now it's yeah. like they give us a little bit to explore a little more, and yeah, you know, like you look at a game like Mass Effect, and it's like mm -hmm. some of those side quests make the game, you know. And this is mm -hmm. how how that felt. Like it, it's very, they give they give you in a small amount of time they give you a lot. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I never thought they could really execute a Star Wars show <laughs> when growing up as mm -hmm. a kid. Then we got, you know, Clone Wars. You see some of that. Like, okay, this is good. This is good. Uh, Rebels. And then this, it's like, this is all, these are all just mini movies. And they're well made. And with the exception of the one they filmed in that park I played with, that Kenneton Park. That, <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> like, like, that one, the, the Robert Rodriguez one, it's like, hey, that, that looks like a set of the uh, Power Rangers. But, uh, you know, but even the, the episode itself was great, except for that bush. I'm like, I look too familiar. But, you know, sometimes that's what happens. You know? That's what happens. That's but, what happens. Uh, you know, just a 30-second, like, misstep in two seasons, like, you can't you can't ask for a better result to a Star Wars TV show, you know? I hear that. I hear that. Jay, what were your thoughts on season two, bud? I thought it was pretty good. Like, I liked it for the most part. Like, <laughs> I did have some questions. Uh Specifically, I keep forgetting when this is supposed to take place. And so there are certain events that happen where I'm like, oh, is that right? Timeline-wise, I believe this is what? Is it five or like seven years after Return of the Jedi? Five. Five years. It, five. Yeah, I think that much, yeah. I would think five. five. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, five years after Return of the Jedi. So, And I don't remember exactly what the, the amount of time is, but that puts it... Uh, it, it's closer to Return of the Jedi than it is to The Force Awakens. Okay. So I do know that. I do know that. So yeah. I know there are like a couple of things, um, mm -hmm. like the girl being from from Alderaan, which was kind of like, well, when is this taking place? Because I know the Leia theories that came out had her going and finding everyone from Alderaan. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't really see where that connects. And that in particular, like that was when they were starting the new canon. So this is all supposed to like connect. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't sure. Yeah, I don't see the connection there. So it's it's always weird when you drop details like that. Uh, like the more familiar you are with the property, the more questions you have sometimes. Do you think, Jay, they might actually take that in season three and give us a little bit of that moment to kind of tie everything in? Oh, I don't, 
I don't. Yeah, I would not discount it. Like, I'll be I'll be honest with you, Dave Filoni has just been masterful across the board with everything he's been doing. Like, he got me to like Rebels, which <laughs> I did not think was going to happen. So it's like, I, I have total faith in him at the same time, but I do have questions. Um, That's fair. It's fair. Yeah. yeah. So so let me, let me go ahead and, and ask this question. And this can, you know, be for the group, whoever, you know, decides they want to, Volunteer to to answer this first. You can just this start talking. This sounds dangerous, Mayor. Oh, no, it's not dangerous. Never want to volunteer. This is definitely a, a softball question. What were the, what were out, outside of the finale? What do you feel were some of the standout episodes of this season? Like what what episode really kind of jumped out at you? Like that's one of my favorite episodes from this season, but not taking the finale into account. Does it have to be like a favorite? Like, I know. Oh, no, no. I mean, if you if, if it was a standout episode for a reason that you disliked it, you can talk about that too. Sure. Um, I think the Jedi was kind of a standout episode for me. Mm -hmm. like, being like a huge Ahsoka fan, mm -hmm. it was it was the one where I had the most internal internal uh, dialogue with myself while I was watching it. Mm -hmm. Like. Well, I read the books like a lot. And so watching the episode, I'm missing a lot of her internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like you get with books that you don't really get with TV or movies, but at the same time, it's like I'm still kind of missing it. Mm -hmm. I know it just seemed weird, like to me, the interpretation of Ahsoka, because uh, she has like, way more gravitas than I'm used to her having. <laughs> that um, yeah, no, that does make sense. But, but at the same well, well, no, I, I'm sorry. Let me let you continue. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Like, normally, I think of her as more of a, you know, uh, I'm not sure what the term is for it, but she's definitely not, like, she's definitely different from how they presented her in this. I feel like normally, like, you know, throughout, like, and you got to remember, like, once, like, a little while ago when season seven of Clone Wars came out, like, I rewatched the whole season, uh, rewatched, uh, watched Rebels, which mm -hmm. had a lot of her, uh, reread the books a couple times. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she was always kind of light and airy. If, mm -hmm personality wise like mm -hmm. not that she was like not that she wasn't doing important things right always had like an air about her like you know i yeah like it was just not as heavy as they presented her here interesting so was like that one stands out for me because even like in the beginning with like the hit and run tactics, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily unlike her, but the way they presented it where she's like standing, she does like the real hard stand and then the disappearing and mm -hmm. she was like more of a quick strike in and out, but it would take time to like just have her be there. Mm -hmm. Awesome cinematically and like if it wasn't Ahsoka, it would be like super cool. 
Mm-hmm. And, but, like, not that it wasn't cool for a right. but it was just different than what I'm used to for her. Gotcha. Any other uh, standout episodes for anyone? I have a couple. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for the bad, uh, I, I don't remember the title of it, but it's the, the one where Grogu puts out the call. Mm-hmm. And it just it stood out because most of the episode is amazing. See, like Boba <laughs> Fett just tear through through this cheap plastic armor mm-hmm. uh, of the troopers and, and showing, oh, well, okay, so that's why they carry that giant stick. Apparently, it's very effective. And then he get, he gets his armor, and it's this little tiny, like, terrified <laughs> thing on up, just, like, totally ruined it for me. You don't, you don't like the Mandalorian sports bra? <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan I'm, of that? I don't know well, if it's for comfort. I, I don't know if it was, if it was the paint or, or I don't know what it was. If the if the new armor is the same armor, then it looks better when they fixed it. They so, some, they fixed something to make it look better. Don't be hating on Dad Bob, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the really good episode that surprised me a lot was the Bill Burr episode mm-hmm. because I'm used to seeing him be funny. And he's yeah. funny throughout that whole episode. And then you get to that bar scene mm-hmm. and dude really shines in that. And that like I I couldn't believe that he was able to pull off that much tension yeah. and go through the transformation that his character does in like those five minutes or however long that scene is. Mm-hmm. And that episode too, I got so mad that he's so good in it because he's <laughs> made a career of making fun of star wars it's like he's got yeah. no business being awesome here <laughs> yeah yeah no i agree with you 100 percent. it's so funny because the irony of it is amazing and you're right because he's been making fun of star wars and star wars nerds for i don't know how long and you know <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and and the funny thing is that 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 was actually one of the standout episodes for me for this season as well and you know, I, I actually was in love with that character from season one. Where I was just like, oh man, I just I mean, something about the way that he delivers stuff and how like he's he feels like a unique version of that character in the Star Wars universe. And so, you know, and of, of course he brings a lot of himself into the role. By no means is it like, oh well, I don't see you. It, it's not like where did Bill Burr disappeared into this agent? Like that I don't feel that, but at the same time. He fits, and I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Like I want to see more of that character somewhere. I don't, not a spinoff, but but somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, uh, anybody else have any other standouts that they want to mention before we go further in? Uh, oh, Normie, go. No. Nope. Oh no, Jessica, no, you, you first. <laughs> oh no. Oh goodness. Okay. I was like, oh. I'm about to. Um. I don't know, to follow up to something that Oz had said. So I think everyone loves the Boba Fett episode for multiple reason, you know, reasons. It's like mm-hmm. when Captain Holt yells out vindication in one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. A lot of Boba Fett fans are they feeling very vindicated. Um, I think for me, it was interesting because Grogu is roughly the same age, born around the same year as Anakin. So our understanding is that he looks like a baby, like a little child infant. He's got infant mannerisms. <laughs> How, however, 
just because a creature develops slowly or doesn't develop speech first also mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it is mentally still a child or an infant. And because he never really speaks, you don't really know. Because right. the way he sits on the seeing stone without anyone really teaching him, or mm -hmm. no, he looks like a much older character, like an older, farther along in his line in development from the way yeah. he sits in his little meditation pose. Yeah. And of course, giving the idea of how strong the force actually is, you're used to seeing certain sci-fi where there is some sort of barrier. Mm -hmm. Everyone, and then one person just happens to break through and get to the other side. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's many examples, but even Mando in Biscar couldn't get through, which shows kind of how much potential and how much force little Grogu actually knows. Mm -hmm. But his mannerisms at that time does not look like one of a child, of right. like a younger juvenile adolescent toddler. So for a while, I thought afterwards, one, this is a great setup to his powers, but also mm -hmm. to, because he had to hide it for so long, you don't really actually know how talented and how skilled he is in that. Mm -hmm. But also too, I don't quite actually know mentally how old he is because mm -hmm. just because you have manner, like, so I felt that really stuck out to me because of the way, I guess he was sitting and concentrating on the scene stone. It mm -hmm. was, that was not what I expected him to look the pose that he was in so at the time i just i don't i don't really know also that led me to believe we've heard other yoda species speak so i'm mm -hmm. like i wonder if grogu's gonna sound like them as well or is he gonna mm -hmm. or he picks up the speech pattern of mando so i just i just don't know how that works so i kind of i really enjoyed that overall episode and also that moment as well is like if he is like more developed than like a toddler, doesn't that kind of make him a monster for like? <laughs> yeah, and I was actually gonna say um, the spider episode that some people may have issues with. I think that showed me that he is the apex predator. That dude will eat anything. I mean, those eggs were not for It's not like you. Oh, you, you, you crapped out a little bit, Oz. You said those eggs aren't technically alive. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not fertilized. So it's like it's like making an omelet. Yeah. Yeah. But then he ate those. And, but he ate the spiders. And I was like, venom. And I was freaking out. So he'll eat. I bet Dagobah was relieved when Yoda passed because their apex predator was no longer alive on that planet. And they were just like, thank goodness. This green one's gone. The, the way right from, everything. Yeah, from way minimize you, Grogu. The way. Say again, Dave. I said Marvel. Marvel may venomize Grogu. <laughs> venomize him. I love it. I love it. What were you gonna say, Oz? The way that kid was eating this whole season. I honestly, I expected the season finale to be him going into like a cocoon or something and emerging as like, in his adult form. <laughs> Something, man. I mean, he could be a teenager or pre-teenager, you know? They, they tend to eat a lot, right? That's Either that. That's true. Yeah. Either that or Din Djarin doesn't feed that kid. That too, or not good enough food, you know? McDonald's versus, you know, home-cooked meal. McDonald's <laughs> tends to win, so I guess these little eggs, these little spiders are more important. 
It's like the junk you know, food. McDonald's versus somebody's babies. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's weird. But anyways, you know, go ahead. I know you're going um, to speak on a sure. standout episodes for you. Um, this, one of the standout episodes, I think, is one. Of, I think it was the second one in the season. I can't remember the name of the title either. But um, Horatio Sands plays that that really like dry sense of humor oh. character. I can't remember his name, but. I just love that whole ending of this season. Let me set it up a little bit where they have 10 minutes to get in and get out. And I just love that feeling because it was whole, like the whole tongue in cheek video gamer kind of moment mm-hmm. where you have it said 10 minutes, but there's no timer showing you. And mm-hmm. I love how, you know, in those, uh, in those 15 minutes or what have you, he's like, hasn't it been 10 minutes yet? Hasn't it been 10 minutes yet? <laughs> and it's funny because as I'm watching this, I'm like, man, those are a long 10 minutes. And I'm thinking this is like when I play like something on Tomb Raider or something and I have to get out in 10 minutes, but there's really no timer. And mm-hmm. just as I'm thinking this, he's like, hasn't it been like 10 minutes yet already? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking that. So <laughs> Get out of my head. Yes. And it was funny because. And I kept like echoing through that. And it's like two seconds before they said it once again in the episode. And I thought that was just so funny. And I don't know if he just wrote that just for me or what, but I just thought that was hysterical. Anyways. Um, and then my 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 one spot where I'm like, eh, I'm not so sure about this. It felt a little maybe um, rushed. Mm-hmm. It felt like they took down, um, oh my gosh, Giancarlo's character. Uh, Ma- thank Ma- you, Mastodian. Yeah. Like, it felt like they took him down too fast, right? Mm. At least to me. And it felt so anticlimactic. Like, mm. I was, like, about to throw up when he's fighting these super bots or whatever, although mm-hmm. the music was fantastic at those moments. Mm-hmm. But it almost felt like Giancarlo's moment to shine in this big fight scene was anticlimactic. So that's probably the one thing that I thought could have been a little more action-packed, I guess. Gotcha. So that would be my one negative thing. Jay, do we have anything? Just want to check in with chat real quick. Anything that we need to... Yeah. Um, so we have TigerClan chat says, what's up, Fantastic Forum? With season two, they upped the ante in terms of the production. We have some really cool action scenes in this season. Where do they go from here? Hi, TC. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, that that actually, you know, kind of kind of speaks to what Norm was just talking about with the like action scenes or whatnot. Even though, you know, I like there was a lot of great action throughout throughout the season. As far as where they go from here, I mean, I, I, at this point, it's hard for me, I know, to to doubt these folks. Like, like I feel very very comfortable in the hands of John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Uh, you know, take that how you want to, you know? <laughs> I agree. I mean, they gave us an outstanding <laughs> season two. It is, it is, it feels like we are kind of unfloating to, or floating to uncharted territory now that they took out yeah. like a major character that everybody fell in love with. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a little scary as to where they're going to go with this. Mm. If, you know, Grogu was like, Sure, the Mandalorian is amazing, but here comes a little little Yoda lookalike little character mm-hmm. that everybody loves, and now 
he's gone. I'm glad they didn't kill him, but he's gone. You know, so <laughs> I was about to throw up. I thought that whole entire scene, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. I can't do this. I'm a mom. I, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. That's all I kept thinking about. And when they didn't, I'm like, oh, my God, they didn't kill him. Thank God. You know, like. Wow. Did, did the you mom really think that he him? might die? Like, I thought. I thought, you know. Wow. I've got, got a few friends who are the same way. Like, oh, my God. I could like that. I don't forget eventually <laughs> Kylo Ren wrecks that whole We school. think we I have a theory on that, but we think we think theory theory. I think can... uh season three is gonna be taking back Mandalore and mm -hmm. uh, a buddy yeah. cop type show with uh Bo Katan and, and Din Djarin. He's got she's gotta win back that, that dark saber, right? So I am curious as to how they're gonna do this. Well, oh, oh go ahead, Jay. In chat, uh, Tiger Claw says, after watching season two, I learned that Beskar is like the Star Wars equivalent of adamantium. Lightsabers can't cut through it. However, the dark saber almost can because it's more intense. Okay. I mean, I, I guess that's a fair analogy, Tiger Claw. <laughs> yeah, we could go with that. I mean, we saw um, how powerful it was, right? As it cuts through the, the ship. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's talk about the actual finale. Um, what, like, obviously, there was a lot of speculation in regards to like, I think many people felt as though Gro Grogu was going to end up in the hands of a Jedi and who that Jedi was going to be. There was a lot of different speculation, a lot of names that were tossed out there. I, I, I know personally. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of people thinking like, okay, yeah, it's gonna end up being Ahsoka, and that's just gonna be the end of things. I know people were tossing out Mace Windu that's out there. Yeah, 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 and 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 so it's like there were a lot of well, okay, I guess you can't say a lot, but there were definitely on different people that it could have been. And you know, this is a, a spoiler show. Uh, if you didn't know this already, but if you don't, <laughs> hey, we're spoiling now things. You know, you know yeah. Um, you know, obviously, it ended up being Luke Skywalker. Oh. Uh, <laughs> moment, what? Why what? did you spoil this for me? Oh, my God. I don't know. I'll tell you something. Up until the last second, I wanted it to be Bosk. Yeah, hey, there you look. And I think that there was a lot of people that were they were, they were hoping for different, different things to happen. So I'm just like, I wanted to hear from you all, like, were, did you all did, did you all like were you hoping for someone different were you satisfied with who, who yeah. we did get like what what how do you all feel about it and then he just opens the door and he has the gun he goes who's the boss I <laughs> <laughs> who's the boss i love it <laughs> that's what it made me happy oh my gosh oh no i think sure i wanted mace windu but luke showing up was just Whoa, you know, and the whole point of how they're all freaking out, they're going to, um, they have, you know, um, Din Djarin had trouble killing one of these massive, ridiculous um, robots. How are they going to do yeah. all of these others? Yeah. And to just see, I felt like we really grasped Luke's power with the mm -hmm. force in those five minutes. It just kind of showed you like it just quieted there we could hear pin drops in my house we were like <laughs> this 
Like nobody said anything. And I think that was the moment they were going for because they certainly captured it from us. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just such a great visual to show us what mm-hmm. Luke is capable of. You know, it's like we didn't get, I, at least I didn't get that feel in episode, you know, four, five, and six. But no, here, no. I got it. Like yeah. my brain's like, whoa, I'm, I get it. Right. Yeah. So I thought, I don't think anybody else could have done it justice. We could have been like, hey, it was Mace Window, Miss Window, or whomever. But Luke, to me, was the perfect pick for this moment. And it kind of places you the timeline that they want to show you also. Right, right. What what'd you think, Dave? Like what 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 was your thoughts when you know when you <laughs> when you finally see the reveal? Well the, when the ship was flying in, I immediately said to my wife, that's Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And she goes, No, I think it's uh Rosario Dawson. And I was like, No, it's and then when he got <laughs> off the black cape and he showed his one hand mm-hmm. yes. before he pulls the saber out, it's like that's he's black, that's Luke. Mm-hmm. And he whipped out the lightsaber and I was like, it's his green lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, no, I thought it was really good. I thought he was CGI'd at the end. It looks CGI. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was. It, it's yeah, not. It, was it was his voice, but he was CGI'd. No, it's yeah. not CGI'd. No? No, the actor who played him is Max Lloyd Jones. Oh. They don't put, I they didn't digitally that. put his face on him. I thought they the guy up. Look this guy. He was in uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. He looks just like him. The the Wait, face is not, uh, the face is technically CGI. You could say deep fake, but there was an actual guy standing. Yeah, there. yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, got you, got you. Okay, so you look him up. He looks he looks a lot like him. So. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I yeah, I have to I would have to look him up because I don't know what he looks like. So wow, um, I was I was hoping for you know it was great seeing the other. Um, IG was it IG eleven? Yes, that was nice to see the IG. Um, it was good to see that. I was personally hoping for the, some other bounty hunters like Dengar or uh, I don't know if Bosk is alive still at that point. But uh, Jay, you know that or not? In the book, you dead already, Bosk? Um, I'm not sure. I can check. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Book of Boba will let us know. <laughs> no, I did or, hear or recently. Or, yeah, or one of those guys. They're trying not to stick too much to um, like the lore of everything because I guess there was. I have not read the books personally, so I don't know. But I guess there was. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Like the timelines don't even match up mm-hmm. with each other. So I think okay. what I heard is that they're trying not to necessarily stick to the lore of the books because a lot of stuff overlap or don't quite make sense. So it might be in one spot, but we might not see it here because they're trying to kind of avoid that. If I read that correctly. I think they'll show up in um, Book of Fed. Uh, Book of Fed. Mm-hmm. Other other um, bounty hunters like that. I think we're yeah. gonna get our fill with that. In I fact, when he walked down, um, when they walked down to take over that that area mm-hmm. where Jabba used to be, mm-hmm. I thought he was gonna open the floor up because that's when they dropped in, right? Mm-hmm. That's where. Yeah, I thought he was gonna. Yeah. I don't think he was gonna drop in, but when the yeah. bat dropped in, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was gonna try it too, but I'm like, the dude has a jetpack, so. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like that. You know, I don't know. I I'd feel like Boo Boo the Fool if I got dropped into a pit and I was wearing a jetpack and I couldn't. Drop it. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I'm the I worst. also I also thought that um, Thrawn was going to be possibly in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it, it, seems, like, it seems like they might be saving Thrawn for Ahsoka, I guess, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm forward to seeing him in live action. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping he was going to be in the thing. <clears throat> I did a a Connecticut show and I sat next to, next to uh, Timothy Zahn. Mm. And uh, you know he had all his books there, and my brother-in-law who um, uh, fought in Afghanistan and Iraq, and my wife would send him the books over there. He's a huge, huge Star Wars, a huge Timothy Zahn fan. Mm-hmm. So I got him the 25th anniversary of uh, one of the books and signed it. And I said, "You never get John sitting next to I took a video of him. He goes, "Hey, Carlos." <laughs> He's like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Wow. You never knew who you're gonna be sitting next to at a con. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Right? It's it's really interesting going back going back to the finale. Yeah. Um it's really interesting because I will say that, you know, and this kind of touches on what you were saying, Normie, in the sense that you know, obviously through episodes, you know, four through six, you have Luke Skywalker like learning uh to to become a Jedi. And like you know, like I mean, technically never finishing his training, right? Right. <laughs> you know, right. yeah. And so, in this, you know, we see definitely a much more seasoned Luke Skywalker. And you know, it was interesting the way that they decided to to um, portray Luke and and him fighting through all of those droids because i mean obviously you have the parallels between him and and the scene that we saw in rogue one with vader which you know like the way they're shot definitely they kind of mirror each other a little bit um but also too it's like you can tell like okay like luke skywalker like he is not he is not Darth Vader. Well, he's not, but not only, but he's not not that he's not Darth Vader, but but he's he's somewhere in between though. He's not a Jedi all the way either. Like this guy is like using some really like some really aggressive kind of force powers as well. And it was interesting because like my thought process was like like it when I saw like say for instance when I saw um um episode episode ten. And I'm like, I'm getting that version of Luke Skywalker. It was very, it was hard for me to connect the dots from the Luke that I had seen in Jedi to there. But watching Mandalorian, watching the Mandalorian and seeing that Luke Skywalker, it's a little bit easier for me to kind of be like, oh, you know what? This guy could end up like the the dude that I saw in in you know like episode eight you know what i mean right. just because you know it's like this guy like he's out here like he's not a, a jedi in the in the traditional sense and he's doing the best he can but you know like he has his own issues too that he kind of has to work through and it's like you could kind of see that in the fight the fighting style at least to me and so I was just like, oh, wow, that's that's really interesting. But it was cool to see Luke Skywalker, like, let loose because we had yeah. not really gotten that opportunity before now. Um, I think really kind of like the moment Yoda lifted the X-Wing in the original, you got a sense 
of how powerful he is, but we never got to see Yoda at his peak, mm-hmm. which is what made the prequels interesting because when he mm-hmm. fought, or the other films, when you spot Palpatine and he fought, fought Dooku, right? Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. everyone freaks out because he's hopping around like a frog yeah. with his little yeah. tiny little lightsaber. Yeah. So then, I mean, he still didn't win, but they, I mean, for other reasons, right? It was, it was not his fault. But you got to see a sense of what Yoda is like a little closer to his peak. He's still right. older. Right. Throughout Star Wars Legends, when you read, you know, play the video games, you read the books, everything that a lot of people don't say it's canon now, the ones, mm-hmm. the stories of Mara Jade, mm-hmm. you never got to visually see it in live action, but you knew what Luke can be at his peak. Absolutely. And this was, like Normie said, we were able to see what he was like there or near the top so mm-hmm. kind of like boba fett fans we were vindicated within one season of mandalorian both what mm-hmm. boba fett is like and what luke is like mm-hmm. closer to their peak of their fighting capabilities or using the force mm-hmm. i think it also showed because the show is called mandalorian and you mm-hmm. like you like mando he's pretty badass he knows mm-hmm. what he's doing mm-hmm. you forget how much more powerful a jedi actually is Right. Because Moff Gideon was uh, very confident mm-hmm. that his dark troopers and like Mando could barely handle one. You know, mm-hmm. all the rest of the crew, all the women are amazing. Mm-hmm. They're gonna do fine. It's mm-hmm. still gonna. I. It's gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. But the actor did such a great job when his face turned. Yeah. Right when Bo-Katan was like, "It's a Jedi," mm-hmm. and then you can see that one Jedi is equal. To more than all of them combined. Right. And it really showed even not using, like, he used the Force, but it wasn't, like, as much as he could maybe for budget reasons. But <laughs> you really showed that one Jedi right, is, is equal to so many of them. Yeah. Uh, I did say, you know, Dave was, we were talking about the stand-in and the deep fake Oz mm-hmm. and everything. One of the first things I looked up afterwards was episode budget uh, because you wanted to know why he looked the way he was. It was almost as if it was a business transaction, but I felt maybe reading too much into it, he didn't want to say his last name because I'm sure there are some people in the room that's like, ooh, a Skywalker. So all they asked is, are you a Jedi? And he said, yes. Uh, I will have to say, though, I was very excited to see Luke. Mm-hmm. It was a silent joy of raising arms. I actually didn't scream until I saw R2-D2. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about me, but it wasn't an audible waking neighbor scream until right. I saw R2-D2. Mm-hmm. But I liked, as you guys were talking about the reveal of Luke, you saw the hand, then you saw the saber, then you saw, mm-hmm. and then so as it was done, little progression, the music mm-hmm. and the parallel, because I honestly didn't see R2-D2 coming. I, mm-hmm. I rewatched it to see if I saw the, the little astromex head, the mm-hmm. dome in the X-Wing. You didn't, I mean, they made it fuzzy for a reason, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all this technology, but your security is still in black and white. But, <laughs> yeah. but however... I'm also imagining little R2-D2 just rolling through, beep-booping through all this carnage his mm-hmm. master just went through. And I was like, oh, this little dude is... He's seen some shit. Um, I'm not yes. going to say... Well, I guess I'm admitted here, but when R2 did roll through, a little tear may have leaked out of an <laughs> eyeball. So, you know. Yeah, it's I, 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 I hear you. Like, I hear you. That, 
Yeah. I, I know what went through my head. Um, I know in the pre-production text, <laughs> Larry, Oz, and Joe, you guys read, it's like, you know what? I could just die now. Like, nothing's ever going to be this cool, you know? <laughs> but really what went, went through my head was Emily saying, can you just sit down? Like, <laughs> I was standing on the couch. <laughs> She's like, can, can, sit down, you know? But um, <laughs> it's like, no shoes on the couch. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I didn't even really think Groka would end up with a Jedi myself. I think they're going to milk this for five years. You know, this search for a Jedi, you know, and and then sure enough, they did this. And it's like it's just another example of Mandalorian um, exceeding expectations for me, because, you know, I'm always I'm always doing Larry. Like, yeah, I'm even still doing you. I think uh, mm -hmm. uh, third season is going to get canceled because of COVID. Like they're just up. Oh, no, nope. Mando caught it. He was pre-existing condition he's done, you know? I'm like, no, <laughs> the child is Yeah, no, I, you know, it's just, you know, <laughs> we saw like even, even Tom Cruise is scared of it because, you know, all of a sudden Scientology doesn't heal everything. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm afraid for Mandalorian season three. Like we might not get you. I, I agree with Mo. Um, yeah, I was expecting, you know, by season seven or eight, we have a little, Little Grogu and his little Mando armor that Boba Fett wore in that season two. His little helmet holding the the dark saber as the second Mandalorian Jedi. Dad, I'm gonna be you for Halloween this year. <laughs> and there was a little part of me at the end of the finale. I wanted Patrick Stewart to show up and say what he was eating. <laughs> I don't know. That's hilarious. I'm having Grogu with tomatoes. <laughs> and frog so, legs. <laughs> so, the frog legs. Oh my gosh! What did you guys uh, think of um, of um, oh my gosh, Mando showing his face? Yay or nay? You know, I will say, I I personally feel like the moments where he chose to do it felt weighty enough that it, it kind of excuses it. And it also, like, I feel like the first time he did it in in season two, it's like, okay, like, he's trying to get the job done. And it kind of showed, it shows us as an audience how, how far he's willing to go to protect this kid, you know? And then at the end, it felt more like a evolution to me. Like, you know, like him kind of just, like he's still not there. He's not like, oh, I can just take it off when I want to, but it's like a like it like it 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 feels like the beginning of, of an evolution. And for me, like I'm like, hey, that that was all right with me. He's showing Grogu, but he's not showing the people behind him. Right. So right. Fennec and all of them, they don't see yeah. it. They mm -hmm. don't see Luke him. But, but I mean, Luke, yeah, and then R two doesn't freaking count. So then, so uh, I saw nothing. I saw nothing. Uh, right. So I think it has purpose, like you were saying. It has purpose. Well, to I'm it. looking each and every one of you in the eye, and you tell me the truth. Who did not tear up? I see you, Dave. Who did not tear up in that moment when here he is? Din is like his eyes are all watery. That was really emotional. No, I I'm tearing up at the X-wing, like. <laughs> And the whole thing was just one constant like flow. <laughs> <laughs> the boogers are all coming out. Yeah, okay. like the little anime booger bubble. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll tell you where they where they tripped up is really that episode, the Bill Burr, Burr episode. I don't think he should have taken off his helmet at that point because that actually, to me, felt like it took away the impact for and the meaning behind when he does it at the end. I think it would have been a lot more like man, this dude has not done it at all until this point. And so, especially to have it be like the episode just before, if maybe if it was earlier in the season, it, it would I would have you know had enough time to to okay you know he's still Mando, and it still would have had that impact. But I think so close in episodes where he does that, it just I, it lost a little bit for me. Like this is not the way. <laughs> well, I did. You know, Pedro Pascal, I mentioned this before, it's kind of my eye candy. So to see him a couple times is okay by me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. She, Sorry, she, Jay. Beat, she, beat you, she beat you to your point, Jay. <laughs> I just I just shrank to see the comments, and someone did comment, I know how much Normie likes Pascal. <laughs> so I just shrank the window, and I saw it, and then you came right back up. So. Hilarious. What, what are you going to say, Jay? Um, I think they're building up to like him not wearing the helmet anymore. Yeah, like, I think you're right. It was like, like, it was interesting the timing because it's uh, he takes off his helmet for to rescue the child one, but that happens after he meets the other Mandalorians, right? Really taking off their helmets, mm-hmm. you know, just by him like being cool with them at the end. And then being willing to take off his helmet to like do a job, like I think, uh, yeah, they are really trying to get it so that it feels like development in order to push him to not wearing the helmet as much. Yeah, Pedro Pascal wants a bigger paycheck. <laughs> Real quick in chat, mm-hmm. um, Black Compact says. Can we take a moment to appreciate how badass Ming-Na Wen has been and will probably be in Book of Fett? Absolutely. Dude, she's amazing. Yes. Yeah, she's yeah. near her 60s, too. Listen. Yeah, for, you, that, yeah. Insane. One, of the, one of the best things of that Street Fighter movie was Ming-Na Wen. She was, she was amazing as Chun Li. She never aged from that film. It made no, her I, immortal. I agree. She looks exactly the same. I I don't know what deal she made, but... but you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She, looks yes. a little, she looks a little younger in Mandalorian than she does in Street Fighter. <laughs> also in chat, um, Emily's calling me a liar. Oh, why is she calling you a liar, Mo? What? What? She, you're not being real with us about how much yeah. you were crying? Because he's talking. No, because of the couch thing. She didn't tell me to get off the couch. Like, <laughs> oh, I keep telling her, like, look, it's funnier if I just say it like this. Trust me. <laughs> So, so I know, uh, Oz, you touched on it already a little bit in regards to where you think things are going for uh, season three of The Mandalorian. You know, obviously, you know, Grogu's story has kind of resolved itself. Uh, what, what do you, all, what do the rest of you all feel is going to be the next like big storyline for The Mandalorian? Where, where is it gonna go? Real quick, just because you mentioned me first. Um, I don't think Grogu's story is done. I think at some point, whether it's season three or four, there's going to be a time jump and he's going to come back and be able to communicate with Din Djarin and not be so so babyish. I really think he's going to form a cocoon and come out in his adult form. 
What do you think he's going to smack him around and say, why didn't you understand my name the first time I told you? <laughs> why call me the kid? Stop calling me the kid. I mean, he could. Petty like that. He's petty. He, he could. <laughs> homeboy don't wear that helmet much anymore, so yeah. <laughs> what if they reboot like the Force Unleashed games with Grogu in it? Ooh. I mean, listen, I think you can't do that now because you have a whole set of movies that like make that not happen, right? <laughs> like, I'm not saying you like them. I'm just saying they are there, though, right? You can't, or I don't know, maybe. He just to have the Secret Apprentice. That still works. Luke's Secret Apprentice? Yeah. No, Force Unleashed is, isn't that Anakin's? It's Anakin's, but they could it's do Vader. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but they could do it's the new force. Oh, you're saying Grogu? You're saying Grogu would be Vader's secret apprentice? No, it would be Luke's secret apprentice. Like the, I, that story. Yeah, that, that, that's my mistake. I heard Force Unleashed, and I was like, wait, that's Vader's it. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I was saying like a reboot of that yeah. franchise, but with that. Yeah. I don't think look, you... Luke has a has a track record with apprentices going bad. I mean, we know <laughs> that. And he does. Everybody trains, you know? Don't get into the dark side. I mean, so did Obi, right? Yeah, it's, Wait, it's no, a Obi, trend. Obi, Obi had one guy. It's a trend. The only Luke's guy. Like... <laughs> you have the higher ground, Anakin. You have the chosen one. What were you gonna say, Jay? Oh, I was gonna say Lucas had a bunch of apprentices that didn't go dark side, but I forgot that's not canon anymore. Listen, but but they don't amount to nothing. <laughs> barely you, Jedi though. Not you, not barely you. Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I do agree with you, Oz, in the sense that I do think like the next big storyline will probably be, or at least the, the natural progression feels like them trying to restore Mandalore. And you know, of course, the tension that's been created and maybe trying to unify all these uh Mandalorian tribes and whatnot, which I, I would definitely find interesting, especially considering that, you know, like, like Mando has no, no, like, desire to necessarily be a part, or at least play a, a key role in that. But it seems like he has to be at the center of it since he has the dark saber. Actor? Hmm? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, the I'm show. Like, yeah, and the show. Yeah, and the show. Right. You know, it's like, look, I guess they could tell the, the story of a Mandalorian that. Is you know just got slaughtered in those tunnels in season one, but that'd be a short show and yeah, but like, oh, that's done. You know? <laughs> it's like yeah, so. it, what what about like Dave? Is there where where would you want to see the show go in that season was something three? That I that was something that I um, thought was kind of odd. All those Mandalorians got killed mm-hmm. very easily by who exactly? Who slaughtered them so easily? But then the stormtroopers get annihilated by them. So who the who the heck would the stormtroopers kill those Mandalorians so easily? Like though the the ones in the tunnels in season one, yeah, don't get they get. Oh, I guess it was it was stormtroopers, wasn't it? Huh? Yeah, because then they go after the armorer and she like just wrecks them. Right, right. I found that you know very odd that they they all got killed so easily. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why it happens mm-hmm. off screen. I guess I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. or maybe they were terrible and didn't have enough money to get better armor. I have no idea. It yeah. might have been those death troopers, but they didn't show you the death troopers. You know, could be, could be. 
Yeah. Don't be back checking like that. You're not Marvel Comics. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me, if it's okay. Look, don't tell Larry wanna... that. Like, he, he, that's blasphemy to Larry. Hey, don't forget, Din Djarin almost died like three times, but Grogu saved his ass. Yeah. True. Look, he almost got killed by an animal. <laughs> yeah, right? So it's like, you know, but listen, we all love a good retcon as long as it's done masterfully. <laughs> what were you going to say, Normie? Well, I was going to say, do you have any theories as to, you know, if it were up to you, what do you think Grogu's fate is, right? Because we know later that um, Kylo Ren kills all these other, um, ma- you know, Jedis in training and with mm-hmm. Luke's little army there, whatever you want to call it, you know? So what do you think would be your theory? Do you wait, think- wait, hold, hold on, because Norman, you mentioned you had a theory earlier. I do. So I'd like to hear your theory as, as a Star Wars expert. Well, I'm not an expert. I just love the franchise, but I'm not an expert. If I was an expert, I'd be like Jay and reading all those books. Um, But, I mean, we do hear that um, Kylo Ren killed half and kept the other, you know, brought another group with him, right? They're little tiny knights of Ren? Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, we can have a little knight of Ren. I mean, we can put little ears on him, right? I don't know. But could that be a possibility? We're looking at 20 years later. I mean, the guy's got to grow oh. a little bit, right? I mean, I don't reach the five foot mark, but, you know, I'm not going anywhere. But maybe, I don't know, they give him platforms and he could be a native friend. He could use the force to grow. He has bionic legs. <laughs> That's but like, any theories, do you think he, he survived this, this Kylo Ren curve? <laughs> I... I, I really think Grogu's going to get the dark saber. That's why it's so much smaller than the regular lightsaber. <laughs> For Grogu. It, it, it is. I mean, look, look at it compared to the lightsaber. It's tiny. There's also it's, a oh. chance that Grogu had so much influence from Mando that he excuses himself from the Jedi Order. Hmm. I can see that. And especially considering yeah. like how he yeah. was like, vibing with Ahsoka. It's like, you know. Yeah, and even Ahsoka yeah. herself as an older... I've seen some shit type mm-hmm. of Jedi yeah. slash some. And then we know that if it's not canon, but for those who care, like great Jedis, we know mm-hmm. that there was a few, you know, a, um, the Darksaber and everything with the mm-hmm. Mandalorian and the Jedi Civil War. You also mm-hmm. know that there was compromise. They had tr- a peace. They had truce. They had people that crossed over a character. So with him there, he's been influenced by so much. And then, when Ashoka says that his mind went dark because he went into hiding, he's mm-hmm. now got so much influence. I mean, obviously you could backtrack it, I guess. But an easy way to explain with like the newer trilogy is just he wasn't really, he's not a Jedi then. You know, like mm-hmm. Kylo's really out to take out people that are strong with the Force or Jedi's a possible threat. And this mm-hmm. dude could just be like chilling on the planet somewhere, yeah. doing his stuff, yeah. and isn't really a threat, just kind of a neutral. Almost like what Switzerland was trying to be during World War Two, right? Mm-hmm. Like a claim to neutral party. So yeah, that could be something. And I agree with Oz. I was thinking I don't. What I did like about is that there's no really throwaway lines. So when mm-hmm. he says "I'll see you again" with no exchange of phone numbers, right, or email addresses, <laughs> I do think that they will see each other again. It could be a time jump in because we can't see a. Grogu that doesn't speak forever, right? And also kind of like Captain Marvel at the end of 
Endgame, he could just sweep in at the end of a Mandalore planet mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. and again saves them for whatever reason. Because mm-hmm. they will see each other again is the implication. We just don't know when or how or the reasons why. But he could always, you know, come back in that specific manner. Yeah, at, at some point when, when Din Djarin isn't wearing his helmet all the time, they're going to realize that it was the helmet that was preventing the communication, like Magneto. How he puts it on. <laughs> Did you say something, Gal? <laughs> but, but after he stops wearing it all the time, your broker's going to be like, hey, homie, what's up? <laughs> I know do, you. Do, 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 what do you all think is the, the chances of seeing... Grogu pop up in some of these other series or or in some other medium? Like, is there any chance that we see Grogu in something animated or pop up in a video game or something like that? What do, what do you all think of that? You poo-pooed my Force Unleashed idea. <laughs> okay, got like, you, you are right, Moses. Actually, For, actually, Force Unleashed 3. Actually, uh, a green, 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 like, re- reinforcing Mo's uh, weird thing that he said earlier there there is discussion of a luke skywalker show mm-hmm. and if it takes place right after this you know if if it ends up that that last episode was like a backdoor pilot right luke skywalker, luke, luke skywalker tv show then yeah we might see the the new apprentice because that's one thing like a show <laughs> The Luke Skywalker show, and then today, oh, yeah. this is what Hilarious. happened. It'll be it, like Jimmy Fallon, but funny. <laughs> I like Jimmy Fallon. Don't crunch my I did Jimmy. Too. I did too. Uh, I, you know, yeah, look, I, I could do a whole show on Jimmy Fallon. The man can make ice cream. I'll tell you that. That Ben and Jerry's tonight, though, amazing. Hidden <laughs> so, talent. Oh, dude, gotta try it, man. So, um, because I know one thing that we never, or at least, like, what I thought at some point we might get, but we didn't really, is, like, answers into regards to, like, how, like, where did he come from? Like, how did he escape the purge? Yeah. Yeah, that was, I don't know if you've seen that meme, but it has, like, the little youngling, and it's, like, (laughs) Master Scott, and then you see Anakin getting ready, and it says, meanwhile, Grogu's in the bathroom washing his hands, (laughs) and that's how, like, he's been escaping. Um, I think it'd be, it's been interesting to see, kind of, who's, I think people who maybe saw Mace, like, you know, Normie, and many people want to see Mace Windu wear I think the question is also who took him out of Coruscant, which is such a major mm-hmm. story. Um, it would be interesting if it, you know, was Yoda himself. I don't know. Um, I think it'd be interesting to kind of see where he's been. I also want to say I was. I kept thinking when they said unite him with his own kind. Mm-hmm. I thought it was species wise. Mm. And then toward the late, I was like, "Oh, they meant Jedi." I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think of because I was like, "What is yeah. this?" But I don't know why. I guess because it is such shrouded in mystery, which is the whole point of Yoda species. We only seen a handful right. of them. Right. That that's what I was, you know, right. thinking. And I love the idea that Yoda trained Luke, and then now Luke trains the same species. What? It's funny. Yeah. We, like we've only seen, we've only seen their species handful, like the three. 
Only three of them. Oh, there's yeah, there's there's actually like about <laughs> that was good. There it is. Yeah. Only three of them. Um, there's a, there's a small handful of them in like stars Star Wars Legends, especially in the comics and the books, but mm-hmm. they don't. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, like, I don't. Uh, this is a wild topic. theory. No, go ahead, Mo. This is a wild theory. I think Tag and Bink saved them. <laughs> oh, do, you remember, do, you, do you remember that comic? The Tag and Bink are dead? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like, I, I think they saved them. That's funny. Hilarious. Man, how crazy would that be if they actually did do that though? That would be that would be like like and that was one thing that happened this season more so than last is like a lot of fan service, just like random little things here and there or whatever. Like that would be like some ultimate fan service type stuff though, right there. I thought it was beautifully done. You know what I mean? You don't have to be an avid like Star Wars person to Mm -hmm. enjoy this series, but I do like the little Easter eggs that they have been placing for those who really follow. Um all of it. And, you know, even for someone like myself that doesn't read the books, you know, whatever they may have put for you, Jessica or Jay, you're like, whoa, I didn't get it, but I enjoyed the other stuff, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I think that that takes craft, you know, you have to have a mind to incorporate little things like that for a specific audience, but the non-specific people like me that missed it, okay, that, yeah. you know, it didn't take away from the story. The, That's what's great, so special about the this. The great dragon pearl is like a key a key example of that where I was like, dude, like I'm sitting here and I watched that joint and I was like, oh, it took me right back to my time playing Knights of the Old Republic. And I was just like, I did that side quest to get that pearl. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm re- I was so ready. I was just like, oh, I can't like it's one of these things that's like you never in a, I know for me, I'm like, I never in a million years would have guessed that at some point I would see something like that in live action. You and, did the same way too, right? With the explosions on the belly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like you lead that that thing out into a trap and blow it up from the bottom. Because that's the only weak spot on a crate trap. <laughs> Everybody that played Night Whole Republic should know that. No, no, no. So not to like it be morbid or anything, okay. but I just wanted to like say, you know, it's kind of sad during the season that we lost um, uh, David Prowse, who played Darth Vader in the original mm-hmm. trilogy, and we lost Jeremy Bullock, who plays the original um, Boba Fett. So mm-hmm. um, it, to me, it, it's sad, but it's kind of sweet that it's all around all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it almost, not glorifies, but it almost gives it extra meaning during this time, that it happened all at this time. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it kind of feels like, you know, I mean, their their legacy, their legacies were secured, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But still, I mean, obviously they were iconic in their own rights, but, you know. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But it's just one of those things where it's like, there's going to be generations more or, or, or future generations that will be familiar and know these characters again. Because it's, it's so, it's so crazy. Because I remember uh, the first time I felt as uh, th- that I failed uh, as a as a big brother <laughs> was when was when episode when when episode one came out and my little sister is seven years younger than I am and I was like 
excited because you know it's like a new Star Wars movie and it's been the first time in so long. And I was telling her, I'm like, they're gonna tell us the origins of Darth. They're gonna show us the origins of Darth Vader. And my little sister looked at me and she's like, who's Darth Vader? <laughs> and I was just like, I'm a bad big brother. I'm a bad big brother. Like I, 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 I failed her. You were a bad brother. See, I had two yeah. good brothers. They brought me up on this stuff. So well, I, listen, <laughs> trust me, I took her to school after that. You know what I mean? <laughs> she she what? knows that she'll never forget who Darth Vader, who Anakin Skywalker, none of it. Like she knows all that now. But right. it's one thing I remember her, she, her, her saying it to me, and I was just like, whoa, how do you not know who Darth Vader is? <laughs> Larry let his sister get bullied too. <gasps> Get out. <laughs> Listen, my, Just my because little, you never taught her the way. The my, my, my little way. sister's way tougher than I am. She's <laughs> never been bullied a day in her life. <laughs> way tougher than I am. If in fact, I'm pretty sure she picked on me. <laughs> I'm like, leave me alone. I'm reading comics. No. <laughs> we used to make fun of you for doing the show too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It turns out she didn't say who's Darth Vader. She just looked at him like nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But it's just one of those things where I know for me, it was it blew my mind just because you know I thought of Darth Vader as this iconic figure, but until Episode One came out, there had been such a a, a gap in Star Wars that there was like a generation of people that didn't know to who Darth Vader was in the same way that, you know, which I mean, it's right. not even like my sister and I are a generation apart. We're literally seven years, but she wasn't a part of that, that era. So, you know, and so it's just, it's really awesome. Like, you know, I, I can totally understand the people that are like, wow, this is like a lot of Star Wars that we're getting. And I'm not mad at that. Cause you're right. Like there is, you could potentially get too much of a good thing or when you start getting too like a lot of stuff, you do tend to lose a little bit of quality control. So I I I totally get that. At the same time, you know that ship is pretty much sailed, right? Like like we're, we're not going to get. Is oh. good. You can do the Riddler thing to me, like on Batman Returns, and you can put that portal on my forehead, and I will suck it all up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. Listen. I, as far as far as I'm concerned, uh, oh damn it! See, like, what's the? As long as it's not that Riddler thing, <laughs> like it's not that Batman thing, like <laughs> the, the, give me the, the Matt Hatter ring, the Matt Hatter ring from animated series. I'll do that, <laughs> but not that. You don't have the Riddler in your eyeballs, like a <laughs> we're 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 not gonna get a worse Star Wars anything than Rise of Skywalker, probably. So we're good. <gasps> Stop it! Stop it! You know what happened though, Lawrence? You said it in 2020. And it's going to come back. In like 2025, they're like, remember what you said in 2020? The year came back to you. You're right. I should have, I messed up. I should have waited till next week. Right? (laughs) If I said in 2021, I would have been right. I know. It's like, oh no, that's why they say hindsight's twenty twenty. You're like, oh, oh Jesus. Now I'm just a bad Don't underestimate Kathleen Kennedy, man. She'll she'll prove you wrong every time. I'd say something, um when you were talking about the all the deaths. Um, through the years of doing Comic Con since the early nineties. 
a lot of times it'd be after parties or sometimes there'd be one bar where everyone would go to this bar and the collection of actors and people at the bar were hilarious. Like I would just sit there and look at the people at the bar. Like you know, got from Battlestar Galactica, and, yeah, uh, Peter Mayhew, and, and all, all, all these people at the bar, like Power Rangers, and it's like crazy ass collection of people. Luke Rigno. I remember, I remember down at uh, we had Philly back in uh, I guess 2007. I think it was right now. And um, 2006, and, and I was down there with Jimmy Tommy. Got to get Jimmy back home, and we were, we were at the bar. And it was just a crazy collection of people. We said, "This Lou Frigno drinking next to I don't know Star Star Wars guy." It's like all those guys are dying off, you know. And yeah. uh, it's sad, you know. It's sad. Like, yeah. it, you don't have to, especially like the older comic creators. Years ago, they said when you go to the comic cons, you see these older guys there. Go meet them. Yeah. 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 Get something. I mean, I was, now it's so expensive to get a drawing by them, but mm-hmm. go get something by them, especially the old guys. I just was in a. Uh, they used my artwork in some article today at CBR about who died this year in comic, uh, as far as in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And they used my Chadwick Boseman piece. He was the last guy, but they had all these comic creators in there who died this year. And it's a shame. Like, you, you know, all those guys are gone. Yeah. And stuff is so expensive now. Like you can't even get a picture with somebody without, you know, be, being a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. Years ago, it would just be you know nothing. Right. You're right. Yeah, going, going along with what uh, Dave Ryan's saying is, I've, I have a lot of regrets from all the comic cons that I've ever been to, and walking down Ar- Artist Alley and not getting more art from young up and comers mm-hmm. because. Those same people you try to get now, and you're dropping a couple grand for mm-hmm. just a little a little sketch. The same people that I remember, hey, I could have got him to do something for me for a hundred bucks. So go down Iris Alley. You see somebody you like, you know, get get something from them because hey, they they could go big. Even if they don't, you have a great piece of art that you can put on your wall. Right, right. And uh, I was actually having a similar thought. Um, so Dave is speaking to like, I found myself on the freeway thinking about man, how am I going to eulogize Jim Steranko? Mm. Like he's, he's you know he's getting he's up crazy there. As motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. And I actually had I had a, a, an interaction with him that is is kind of unique. I think Larry was yeah. with me where I asked him for a picture and, and you know and and. It, it, he said no, but he said no in the classiest way. And I'm going to save that for when he's dead. Because <laughs> it was just so awesome. And it just speaks to, to how awesome he is as a character in the comic convention, like, yeah. culture. <laughs> you know, like, every, yeah. you know, one of our friends actually got to just sit in his hotel room with him for, like, four hours and just talk to him. Just He just said, yeah, just... I'm going to my room. Just follow me if you want to keep talking to me. And he just went up with him. And then I, I tried to ask him for a picture. Totally different experience. Both <laughs> awesome experiences that that he didn't have it, that friend of ours. And then uh, I didn't have his, but we both have just an awesome interaction with Jim Stranko. And it's like, man, that one's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. He um, Every time I would see him, he would tell me uh, that I knew to lose weight. <laughs> you know, no matter what I look like, no matter what I look like, and yeah, it's 
like Jim, you know, I, I did bodybuild when I was younger. It's like I'm not there. But I have the funny story about Stranko. I was I was with him at a we there was a dinner after one of the uh, Comic Con. Uh, it was Asbury Park Comic Con. And um so we're online to get food and he's in front of me with some girlfriend of his who's gotta be about younger than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she's from Jersey City wanted being and he was he was serving humming. He didn't know what it was, and he said, uh, "What the hell is that?" And she goes, "I don't know. They say it's hummus. I don't know what the fuck that is." <laughs> so, so I'm cracking up laughing. That's like okay. So the next day, I see him walking by my table. I said, "Hey Jim, what the hell is that stuff? Hummus?" You know, walking around with him. And he goes, "Yeah, you know." And he goes right off with a non sequitur. He goes, "Yeah, you know, when I was a little kid, uh, I used to have this buddy, and he used to burn animals all the time." And then his father caught him and set him on fire. And he never did that again. Oh, All right, I got to go to the table. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. And right, right next to me is Jim Salicop. He's like, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck that had to do with hummus? I have no idea. Oh, man. I was like, that's whoa that's creepy man that is wild but that but i i think that that really kind of demonstrates most point perfectly where it's just like every time you talk to this dude it's an experience and he was doing i didn't go to it but he was doing um panels that day and they said that one panel all he talked about is his car (laughs) 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 nothing to do with panel but just his car Oh, okay, <laughs> you know, that's but, yeah, how many panels can you do? He's gonna talk about the same thing over and over again 900 times, so that's true. Yeah, I was saying yeah. about how many people, how many questions somebody gets asked over and over whenever I go to those, what it cons, and I'm like, oh, it must get so frustrating. You know? I just did my, I actually avoid panels at all costs. I will not, I did my first one at East Coast Comic Con, that was it. I refused to, uh. <laughs> why, look, why do you refuse, Dave? I feel like you got college. Like, it's like pull. I don't. I don't. I, I'm there to make money at the time. I don't like. Yeah, that's fair. I don't want to sit up there and talk about some it, bullshit it, it, about stupid shit. I don't, you know. What did you do for breakfast today? Do you brush your teeth? Yeah. That's my shit. Some of the most amazing stories I, I've heard is just sitting next to. Next to Dave Ryan, while he's drawing something for someone, he's just started going oh, off. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was, I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna birth, say that. Man, birth like, child, you know. I don't think we could say some of the stories on on YouTube, but man, instantly demonetized. <laughs> Look, I, I, I believe they've been. I, I know there's a story involved. There's a story that involves a kitty litter box that they've told me once that cracked the shit out of me. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, George Clooney stole your shit shit because I I heard him tell the same story. Oh, did he? (laughs) I did that as a, I did that as, um, I have a whole book done of called Bye Bye Paula, which is all based on true stories. And I have that story drawn in. They're all uh, one uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the actual strip, the, the pencil drawn strip from Dave oh, yeah. at Long Beach Comic Con. 
and uh, he told me the story, and that was 10 years ago. And then I hear him talk, uh, Howard, he's on Howard Stern, and he tells a similar story. It's not exactly the same, but the punchline's the same. And if you yeah. know that story, if you read by Bipolar, you'll know the punchline. I'm not going to yeah. expose it. One day, maybe we'll do, uh, uh, look, I'm already booking Dave Ryan to do story time with Dave Ryan and do some of those stories. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to tell a story there. here because I don't want Jessica throwing a drink at my face when my next time I see her to come. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> but, but it, it, you know, bring, bringing it back around, it is interesting, you know, you were talking about, like, you know, what, going back to what you were saying, Dave, about the bar and, you know, like the bar at the conventions and all those people hanging around and, and you know, it being like a motley crew, but, you know, basically like a geek culture kind of crew and, you know, but it, it's oh, yeah. interesting because it's like one thing about the people that were in Star Wars, like they, they all understood uh their cultural relevance but at the same time i feel like they most of them um understood or or i guess maybe the better way to say it is um had a, a healthy appreciation for the fan base and and you know while they understood their cultural relevance i don't know that they never they ne necessarily took themselves like super seriously in the in regards to those particular roles and you know were willing to interact with the fan base and 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 you know appreciated them for what they were and it, it's interesting because you were saying like oh you know a lot of those older people you know they're dying out which you know i mean there's only so many people from like the original star wars left um you know from like that original trilogy and it's interesting to think like you know of course now we have like people from the the prequels, and then we got, of course, the the recent, most recent trilogy, and now we're getting people in some of these shows, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what their, I guess, like how they interpret or end up um, becoming like the next generation of like the Star Wars figures that people know see. Like, obviously, fandom has changed since right. when Star Wars came out in the 70s. Like, fa fa fandom is a whole different thing now than it was then. But also, too, it's like the the stars, like the like celebrity has changed. And so it'll be it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, will, will, it, will there be a thing, like, you know, obviously, like, Mark Hamill appreciates that people appreciate him as yes. as Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. You can tell that and yeah. it's evident. You know, it's like is that going to be the same kind of thing? Like it, I I don't know if like just, you know, like does Ewan McGregor feel that same way about being young Obi-Wan? Well, I'm I interested. Don't know. I'm interested maybe Jessica could can answer this for me. <laughs> like compare compare what um Larry was saying about um Star Trek to Star Wars uh, actors and how they relate themselves as relevant mm -hmm. to either fan base or a, or, a, or um, a franchise. I think I've um, actually interesting. What I've learned from you, Dave, is to never ask you to be on one of my panels since I moderate. <laughs> I moderate so many panels. I know that uh, to find you at the bar instead. <laughs> and do a and do impromptu panel that way. Um, but, I think that's a lot. So I was like, oh, 
But something that Dave that you had brought up is you uh, from the experience that I've had you observe from what I've observed from talent when they're on panels on stage and how they are when they are at a bar to fan interactions. Obviously, I was thinking like Luke Skywalker was such a huge name. So some people didn't necessarily believe he was going to show up in the last episode. I mean, well, Disney can make you do anything. But however, <laughs> like you were saying, Lawrence, Mark Hamill at various conventions, at various panels, is someone who is truly very appreciative of where he stands in fandom mm -hmm. and any career that he has had afterwards, whether playing the Joker, whether mm -hmm. he was in other films. So I believe that he would have showed up on set. For example, if they asked him, mm -hmm. he'd be like, fine. Also giving the blessing to a younger actor, mm -hmm. Sebastian Stan, whoever else. Yes. So he doesn't seem, um, people, I think it's harder to speak for other actors. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't know Harrison Ford personally or anything. So right, I can't right. tell, but he would be surprising, right? If he mm -hmm. showed up for any reason, because mm -hmm. you understand that their trajectory of their career is very different. Right, but right. I think like Dave was saying, franchises such as Power Rangers or Doctor Who or mm -hmm. Star Trek, mm -hmm. these are people who truly understand that fandom has given them their career mm -hmm. and where they can be able to set up an autograph place in mm -hmm. every single convention if they're invited to if they are mm -hmm. asked to come so mm -hmm. i i meet very few that are ungrateful because maybe they just had so many bad experiences or maybe it's a character issue i'm not so sure but mm -hmm. most of them are quite thankful because they understand that for the most part fandom has kept them relevant and also gave them the careers that they have and like mm -hmm. star trek and Star Wars, like Dave was saying, even if you had a very minor role and you had a six-second cameo, mm -hmm. you are forever immortalized and remembered right. in that franchise, which also mm -hmm. shows how powerful that franchise and how long-lasting is that you can still be able to go to convention to convention and still mm -hmm. set up a booth. And your line, you're still going to have really good quality of people, even if your line is not as long as let's say someone another actor but right, the quality right. that comes if they come to you and to get signed that means they know who you are mm -hmm. somehow they've memorized your six second cameo and bought that one toy mm -hmm. you know yeah. that was made of you so i feel like yeah, there's really something interesting there because yeah because they show they show up on the panel of course and press and then they show up again at the hotel bar because this is their chance to cut loose but also interact mm -hmm. with Phantom yeah, on a much yeah, right. more personal level. Yeah, we had, and I think that's had, really important. Yeah, we had um, some really obscure uh, Star Wars guys show uh, as guests at East Coast Comic Con, and they never go to cons. These guys, so we had these like yeah. four or five guys, and it, people were all over them. Yeah, they were exactly what I was. What I was really um, getting toward, and I probably should have said it before I asked you, was like. Um, the the negative um, the negative um, aspects of people like um, in the beginning like William, where am I going <laughs> it's like William Shatner and Adam West how they how it affected them negatively after the TV show how they wanted nothing mm. to do with it sort of. whereas Mark Hamill and the Star Wars guys at least from my perspective 
didn't approach it or didn't affect them like that. They they embraced what they were going. Embraced it. Yeah, it, yeah. It also depends because I know you know Jar Jar Binks's character was so. I felt so bad, but the actor was amazing, and she went through so many struggles afterwards. Oh yeah, you know? yeah and it was really so. I mean, his was like an, an a sad exception, mm -hmm. um, and you know, as for you know Jake Lloyd and a few others, but I think we were hoping that for the most part, like you were saying, Dave, like they they show up, you know, and they know whether they're they're um, they're talents that played obscure characters, but were still extremely important, you know, in many mm -hmm. ways, like. Um, you know, the actress that plays Ula, the slave girl for Jabba, she still gets to go and gets invited to mm -hmm. various things. She's still remembered, even though she was in so long, you know, her scene was yeah. only for so long. And yeah. so I feel like, yeah, for her, yeah, but I could see, like you were saying, sometimes it's neg negative impact for I some. Think, I think, yeah, I think those guys were... They had the limited TV shows, and they were looking for other actor gigs, but they they got pigeonholed into yeah. their one character, so they got no other work, and that affected them negatively financially. So yes, yeah. I remember, I don't know if you saw that um, documentary on Adam West and how he couldn't get any work, and he was turning down, and he was in a parade, and and, and then he started doing conventions, and he realized he could make money at conventions. Yes, so, mm -hmm. yeah. There's, I think, when there's a will, there's a way. So yeah. there's a way to I not always make money, but at least be able to, if making money, that'd be great, that'd be a bonus, but also be able to be immortalized in a positive way because when the talent behind Jar Jar Binks came out, I was like, look, I went through this. There was a whole depression. So it's like a lot of people sympathized for him. A lot of people were like, look, we like you. The character was there, but you seem fine. You seem great. Yeah. We, we yeah. could be friends in a real life day. Mm -hmm. And also... I think a lot of positive came from that, and it was good that that was something that a little too late, but I felt like it was good that it happened better late than never. And yeah. I think that was something that he could cling on, you know, and I, like use. It's, it's interesting too to see. <laughs> it's interesting too to see how I did like, say Star Trek, so she can't say cling on, right? Uh, it, it, like how. Like Adam West started getting probably, or yeah. at, least, at least as far as I know, because Lord knows I was not around in the 60s or whatnot. But when Adam West leans in, <laughs> after he started leaning into the whole Batman thing, he started getting like other roles, like almost like, I mean, like even like in things like, uh, like how he is in, in um, Family Guy, right? Where he's Mayor like, West. Right, playing himself, <laughs> well, like, you know, a character of himself. Yeah. N Nimoy yeah. is probably the, the, the best example of this because there's a one point where he resented it so much that he wrote a book said, I am not Spock. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. yes. he did the same thing. He leaned into it mm -hmm. and he saw the fan support and he started doing certain things where he ended up writing another book said, okay, I am Spock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have and the other point too with like a George Takei where he embraced it from early on, like he he saw Star Trek as something special. So anytime right. somebody asked him about it, like he this is it, like if this defines me, I'm happy with it, mm -hmm. whether it gave him money or not. And it kind of speaks to like what uh, Jessica was talking about, where it's like you kind of have to double sword and kind of got to get creative with it, where you can use it for you, whether it's monetarily or just in the zeitgeist or. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always something. Um, 
one example of the Jar Jar Binks, my niece is two. And yeah, I was, yeah. my sister showed her the Phantom Menace, showed her every, <laughs> they got Disney Plus, like every Star Wars movie on there. Mm-hmm. And she's two. And when she saw Jar Jar Binks, for some reason, Jar Jar Binks and C-3PO, like she oh, lit up, like favorite. at a two-year-old girl, yeah. she barely speak. Yeah. Like she just loved those two characters. And of course, uh, Grogu, <laughs> Grogu she loved. We we got her, um, I got her the pop doll and she sleeps with it. And she's like, can we get a plush? Cause that's really hard <laughs> for her to yeah. with. And she doesn't like the plush, she likes the pop. Like yeah. she doesn't yeah. like Grogu plush, but but yeah, it, it's, you know, Jar Jar for all, you know, better or worse had an impact and, you know, in the creative, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, Dave, you're, you're a creative, like, you got to make an impact, whether it's bad or good, like, you, you can't go unnoticed. <laughs> and Jar Jar did that. Yeah. I, you know, Jar Jar was also a lot of younger children's first experience. So while mm-hmm. adults and teenagers saw him for the flaws, uh, I would say, Younger, like two-year-olds, three-year-olds, they could see him as like a character they could play with, be friends with. But also the fact that even though he was clumsy and he made a lot of really fatal mistakes, uh, he was still kept around because he's a good person inside and he was valued by Padme and he was valued even in Clone Wars and the animation. He's Mm -hmm. valued by them, you know. They, you know, they keep, yeah. I always felt... the, the, The Sith Jar Jar. Right. I would have been amazing. But I always I, thought that Jar Jar was supposed to be like the new C three PO in yeah, the, you know or, one yeah, two and yeah, three. And I yeah, thought that's yeah, what I thought yeah. they were going for, or George was going for yeah, for yeah. the new generation. I personally did not mind him. Um, I didn't either. I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I'm a clumsy person, so I kind of related to the poor guy, you know? But I don't know. Like, I, yeah. same with Rose. I have no problem with these characters. No, no, no. See, wait a minute. I appreciate it. I got to stop you right there. And Jar Jar Binks in the same category. Like, I, 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 I got a question. Hold on. Lawrence, hold on. I got a question. Normie, do you know the Darth Jar Jar theory? Well, we talked. We thought for a while he was supposed to be one of the Sith Lords, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So not so much uh, C three PO, but uh, uh, Yoda. Where I mean, look, when when Yoda is introduced, he's that goofy, weird character, and then That's he right. ends up being this amazing, amazing badass. But let's not forget, every generation is going to have the the one character that that def- you, you either lo- love this or hate this. It's Jar Jar for the for the uh, the prequels. The original series had the Ewoks. There's you know if you're yeah. a certain age, you hate the Ewoks when you first saw them. Yeah, but the younger generation loved them. You know they, they yeah, watched right. and animated afterwards. I was gonna marry an Ewok. Okay, I told myself <laughs> I'm gonna marry that Ewok when I saw I, Star Wars. That, for the first that just shows how young you are. Yeah. And the new trilogy is like porgs. Yes. So people, they don't, they don't like the birds. But porgs are like that. You don't. It doesn't. You don't need. It doesn't matter what your opinion on porgs. Like they don't play a pivotal (laughs) role. Like that. That's the whole thing. Like Jar Jar is everywhere. Jar Jar does everything. Jar 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 has power to the to the emperor. And like, and that's the same thing you can say about Ewoks, where it's like, okay, that don't get me wrong, Ewoks were pivotal in the last movie. 
but not like pivotal in the sense like okay, everything hinged on the Ewoks and what they did. They helped. They they did. Their, their, their woodworking skills and trap and their post scout nature. Listen, it, it's like you know, it, but just going back to what you were saying, Oz, too, it's like like literally, you know, you're talking about when you're younger or whatever. Like I literally have a stuffed animal named Wicket that is like I've had Wicket since I was like a child, and I, I took Wicket to college and like put Wicket out, and people are like, "What is that?" And I'm like, hey, "Don't worry about what that is. Mine. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay, it's mine. None of your business. Yeah, none of your business. Like, look, Wicket. Like, Wicket is within arm's reach. I could, I could literally grab Wicket right now if you wanted to see Wicket, but I'm not going to do that because we'll we'll yeah, exactly. like, we'll I try not to get demonetized. wants to see Wicket. I wanted to see. I mean, I have Teddy over here, but you know. And what was interesting to me? Oh, <laughs> yeah, now he's grabbing his ticket. <laughs> I don't have a stuffed animal near me. <gasps> oh, you are so cute. The only person I've known longer than Wicked is Jay. <laughs> Wicked's, Wicked's older than my little sister. <laughs> well, yeah. go, I'll be back. I, oh, I oh yeah! All right. Now we now we gotta go grab our things. He's got his shoes with it, and he's definitely broken into right. pieces. All right, let me go. Here, oh, we yeah, go. here we go. You know what? Here's right. Teddy. Pops count? Do pops count? Teddy. Oh, nice, Teddy. Teddy. Hello, Teddy. Teddy. There's my son too. He's behind Teddy. you. There's someone that's, behind you. Yeah, that's my son. <laughs> There's someone. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> hello. Is everyone like everyone. reaching for things? Look at. Wait, I'm gonna go. is that Booster Gold and Blue Beetle? Damn right. What do you got, Blue Beetle? Yeah. You got oh, Booster Gold. Uh, yeah. Very nice, very nice. I have my favorite X-Men. Which? Oh! oh very nice. And also, from the Outer Space Men. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. My grandfather bought me this whole set back in, I think it was the early 70s. These came out, The Outer Spaceman. So this guy is from Neptune. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> He's about maybe 600, 600 700 bucks as is. Just a wow. Yeah. That must be a collector's item at this point. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, but I mean, you know, it's like me bringing up that whole thing was more so like, you know, obviously you the original at 35. Say what? what? No, no. <laughs> you at 35. <laughs> no, was like you know, obviously you have the original, like the, no, the cast stepping us into the dark side, right? <laughs> the oh, cast man, of the, of, of the original Star Wars. That's hilarious. <laughs> the cast of the original Star Wars that you know came to like embrace like the cultural relevance of the characters they played in that. And it's like, it, it almost feels like we're losing that a little bit with each generation of movies. Cause I almost feel like, you know, I, I don't know if like the people that were in the prequels necessarily think of like the characters they played as, as cultural touchstones in any way, even though for some people they are. And, you know, I, the ones in the, and it might just be a time thing, but at the same time, like I, I, I kind of fear, like you know, it, we're already at a point where some of the people in this la latest trilogy are trying to distance themselves from the work. It feels like, like you know, where they're, you know, they're just like, I'm not about that anymore. 
<laughs> you yeah, know, it's like, I mean, it's like you weren't even a part of it long enough to be about it. You know, was anybody, was anybody on here as surprised as I was that Hayden Christensen was so like people were so happy that he's coming back? I was happy. I'm Look, there was no, I but did. there was a point when Hayden Christensen got a lot of hate, though. He did because yeah. his acting is feels plastic in yeah. episode one, two, and three. I'm not going to yeah. disagree with that, but yeah. after watching the movie so many times, it it grows on you. At least for me, it grew on me. So it was now no longer his plasticity; it was embracing the whole story, right, and just taking myself out of that element. So to to get him back is almost like a do-over. This is his his chance, right? Hopefully, so with a little I, different yeah, direction, yeah, yeah, he might yeah. be able to really feel his character, and we can yeah not have the plastic I, feeling. I think people are enamored with him because they think he's in the Clone Wars. Like they that that, <laughs> that Anakin you see there is not Hayden Christensen, but you think Anakin coming back as Vader, it's like oh yeah, I saw him in Clone Wars, and it's not him. I, I think I, I think uh, a Vader, I, you know, David Prowse was a big muscular dude, and I think that's kind of like they didn't even oh, announce the yeah. you know, the, the voice they didn't announce the voice for Vader. <laughs> like yeah, I would be I would be excited if they picked the voice for Vader over. Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader in these things, you know? Um, I, I don't have a problem with Christensen like that. And I also didn't have a problem with Jar Jar, but, you know, I also had the maturity of a toddler, so, you know. <laughs> we were talking earlier about that show with Boston, which got canceled with the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And they had a bunch of the Star Wars the big, uh, characters there, including Hayden Christensen was going to be there. Mm -hmm. So someone asked me if I could do a, um, a sketch cover of Hayden Christensen and bring it to the show so he could sign it. <laughs> I'll show you. The, this is the cover I did of Hayden Christensen. Uh, oh. that's, dude, Dave, you are too oh, talented, my guy. Talented. That is I prefer the burn version. I, I like it. Take a pencil and do that. Like mine is a head, a little stick for a body, and two little arms. I mean, yeah. I, to me, it's just beautiful when people do that. Listen, I you just can't. He he probably drew that sober. You should see him draw when he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have uh, Dave's art all around my house. I have the Nick Fury. Yeah. I don't think it's on camera right now. I got the Nick Fury over here that he did for me, awesome. and then I have oh, the Gene Simmons you see in the back is his. And then I also have this one always on my coffee table or whiskey table. And this is a cover for the Jack Kirby tribute comic. Oh, look at that, man. Yeah. That one's always, you know, you got to keep the did king. You see, did you see the video I, I was drawing and I got um, hired to draw the Joe Biden cover? Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. So I, I did not title for Tidal Wave. I did, um, so um, yesterday, I didn't realize, I, I keep forgetting about it, but I, I must have like a, a gluten allergy. Because every time I eat like regular pasta, I feel like shit afterwards. And I forget about it. So yesterday we had tortellini and I, oh, and I, Sorry, I, I just felt horrific. I didn't, not nauseous, but my bloated, oh. my head hurt. Oh, I came sorry. upstairs, I started, I started inking the Joe Biden cover and I fucked it up. Oh, yeah. And then I ripped it up. <laughs> 
I gotta redraw it. I'll redraw it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. What I did see a, was your that incredible Hulk you did, I think, yesterday. Oh, the incredible Hulk white cast too, yeah. My mother used wow. my mother used to say it all the time. She goes, When you worry less about something, you do a much better job. Mm. But I, I think it's just how I feel. I mean, a lot of times I only most of the time I only have so much energy, artistic energy in a day. Mm. And that's what that's a big problem. Like when I was younger, trying to do uh, work on a whole book, you, you just you have to work no matter what every single day, the whole friggin' day. And I, I'm just not not all about that. So, but that Hulk, I was like, oh, a little time, I just put back the Hulk, but I made him heavy lighting. I don't know if anybody saw it. I can go, have it over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's getting that. Uh, going back to our conversation about how people react to these new generation. I, I remember uh, Normie, uh, one of your co-hosts, Tedekin, was there with us when I made an enemy because somebody wanted to hang out with Baby Fett. And uh, mm. we, I decided the group didn't want to do that. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, Mortal Enemy for Life was made that, <laughs> that night. Oh, Hilarious. no, I didn't yeah, know to, that. Yeah, you got to ask Tedekin about that. I'll have like, to ask it, about that. Yeah, he'll I'm tell like, you all I heard people. you said no to Baby Fett. Shame on you. No, I, I, I no, said no, that. You said yeah. no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Tedekin was there. It was the right but, call. It was the right call. <laughs> look, again, the, look, the truth, the truth gets you crucified. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. That is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the Hulk I did yesterday. Oh, man. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah, incredible. And see, and that's, you look, Dave, like, this is why you're my hero, Amazing. buddy. And, and it's so funny because, like, I feel like the, like, I feel like the first time the Fantastic Forum got to hang out with you afterwards, after you you had left, and you know we were all like the next time we basically we got we're talking amongst ourselves, we were just like, Dave Ryan is amazing because this fool is a fine artist that dedicates himself to comics. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you can draw whatever you want. Like you have that kind of talent, you know what I'm saying? And it's not to, it's mm -hmm. not to that. Like, here's the thing: it's like you know, like comic books are, they are not only are they an art form, but they're a uniquely American art form. And it's one of these things where it's just like, dude, like people don't give comic books the credit it deserves. And so, generally speaking, some you know, there's some of us that do, but the fact is, there are a lot of people that. They that draw comics and they draw comics well, but they can only draw comics. It's like you're not that guy. Like you can literally draw whatever you want. I paint. I paint. I, paint. I do gallery shows. Yeah, I do. I I do a lot of painting. So yeah. You know, uh, for me, like um, for me, I the problem with comic books is uh, I approach each panel as like a painting or mm -hmm. or not, or not a painting. When I say painting, I mean a piece of art in itself. So. Like I pour myself into that. What guys like draw the whole page, and they just mm -hmm. treat it as a job. And they just draw. right guys, guys who can draw quick and pretty well, like Mark Bagley. I mean, he'll knock the book out in two seconds. And but to him, it's it's a job. You know, I'm not mocking Mark Bagley. I mean, you know, no, no. I do, I do like his stuff for what it is, but it's not. Uh, it's not like uh, what's his name, LaRose's stuff or Forges on the 
Exo Man of War, but he's using Gary Marcus. So this stuff is phenomenal. Or Joe Bennett's Hulk, who he's working on right now. Mm -hmm. Joe's stuff is just unbelievable. That stuff is just unreal. You know? Yeah. And I think it's the. It, there's really no comparison to the 90s, oh, well, I could say 90s, late 80s. Whereas John Byrne used to be the shit back then, and anything he did was phenomenal. George Perez was not that great back then. Uh, Dave Cochran was great. Yeah, Perez was not that great. I, don't, I, I think. <laughs> I, wait, here's the no. thing, though. It's like, I feel like, you know, Perez, of course, is like somebody that people hold in high regard, and it's like, Anybody else that would say that, it's like, well, what did you draw? But yeah. when it's Dave Ryan, it's like, hey, if Dave don't think George is that great, guess what? George ain't that great, goddamn. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, George is a hack. You're right. Like I can't no, argue. George, I mean, no, 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 I'm joking. I'm about to say he's a hack, on the was amazing. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> Dave, what do you think of Alex Ross art? Uh I do like he's a talented dude, and I'm very much like him because um, I was painting just in the beginning, <clears throat> and <clears throat> in the beginning when I started doing comics, like Jimmy Palmiotti kept asking me to paint a book, paint your books instead. But I like drawing the books, and painting for me is is an overwhelming thing to do, you know. And I can't see myself painting comic books, although I have here and there. Uh, Alex is a very talented, talented illustrator. And he's a really good comic book artist. So, you know, I like his stuff a lot. I think his stuff now is hard to... Um, it, it's too colorful. There isn't enough sort of um, pop in his pieces, I think. It's a, maybe a... Well, artists change over the years. You know, so He became almost like a psychedelic uh, poster in a lot of his stuff lately. Mm. Like... Like the, the new gods, you can't even tell what's going on sometimes. Whereas the stuff from Marvels and um, Kingdom Come, I mean, that stuff is yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Can't see. look, you keep telling Jay, like Jay was hoping he was like, ah, he's he's like Perez, he's all right. No, he, Jay was no, hoping no, he was like, like, no, yeah, yeah. Is good, Jay, see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, 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 do you think about, uh, what do you think about a Greg Land? Greg can draw. He just relies too heavily on photo references, and he reuses the same ones over and over and over again. But you look at some of the stuff he draws outside of photographs, and you can tell. I mean, he uses that same shot of uh, Sue Storm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I look just it's like Sue favorite. Storm. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. Or, or like um, in the Fantastic Four book where they're like the undead and. And um, in one panel, it's Reed Richards, and in the next panel, it's, it just he just flipped it in Photoshop and used it as Doom. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is I mean, you can take yeah. a lot of times. A lot of times, if I need photo reference, uh, well, years ago, you used to have to take photos, you know, yeah. get them developed, and, and if it was wrong, you're like, oh fuck. But now you just take your phone. If you need a hand drawing, you take your picture of your hand. Mm -hmm. If you need a reference, um, a lot of stuff when I draw used to look like me a lot because I used myself as reference all the time. Or, or back in college, every week we had to draw a self-portrait. So as I'm drawing other things later in life, uh, I had the same teacher for three semesters. So every single week I had to draw myself. So, you know, when you're drawing, when I'm drawing a, a character from scratch, it winds up looking like me a little bit too. So. 
that actually brings me to my next question. When you did this, uh, this Nick Fury, did you hear, use yourself as a reference? Because I feel you did, but you can clear I that. I threw up. myself. Actually, I, I went on the roof and I threw myself off. And my wife took a photo of me going. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold it there, Mo. Hold it there. Let's bam. Is that is that Dave Ryan as Nick Fury? That's how I see it. But maybe <laughs> take, like, you know. that was a weird ass request, man. I had weirder. I I used to. Uh, I don't know if years ago, uh, back in like '97 or so, I worked for a Swank magazine for about oh. six seven years. Prestigious publication. Yeah, um, most I did some Photoshop work, and I did a bunch of illustrations for whatever craziest sex story was in the in those magazines. <laughs> it was so bizarre, but you'd get some bizarre fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. editors would ask me, "Here, read this story." And I was like, "I'm not reading the story. Just give me the title. I'm not reading this fucked up crazy sex story. <laughs> so just give me the title of the story and run. That's it." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is is this so, the real reason why you don't want to be on panels? Because you're like, then I have the freedom to say whatever I want, and I'm not going to no. sit next to Alex Ross and Greg Horn or anyone. <laughs> so I will it's put nearly, you all on the same it's thing. Cash. It's just cash. I don't want. <laughs> no, I know. No, because for every hour you're not there, you're not making money at your table, especially really? if no one's yeah. watching. If no one's watching your table. Back in, uh, I don't know what year it was. There was a, I was yeah. sitting at my table yeah. and my father was there and stuff. And and, yeah. uh, and Tucci came running by and he goes, come on, we got, we have the panel right now. I go, what panel? He goes, the panel's on War of the Independence and Independent Comic Books. I go, I'm not going to that panel. He goes, it's about your book. I was like, I'm not going to that panel. I ain't going to that panel. I'm not going. I was like, I'm making money right here. I'm, you, you can talk to me. You want to talk, talk about it? I don't think. Talk about your battle of independence, the same thing. I and I didn't go. I was like, I didn't go. I'm not going on that. I ain't going on Especially now, they got the panels down in the uh, Madison Square Garden. You got to walk like six blocks down to the panel. Wow. I ain't really? going on I didn't that. know that. Yeah, not happening. You could just put a sign on your artist alley and just be like, while I'm drawing or commissioning, ask me about my battles in independent yeah. publishing. <laughs> and then you can tell them as you're making money. I'm such ask a knuckle. Me about my... <laughs> yeah, was, do it. Yeah. I was just going to say, I've been to, I have never been to East Coast Comic Con because we just meet up friends up there. But how did I okay. know the pan did not know that the panels are Madison, Madison Square Garden? I could have just walked over there and well, that's that's um, I'm talking about New York Comic Con, East Coast. Yeah, Comic yeah, yeah. Con. Okay, not in New York. That's what I meant to yeah, say. Yeah, East Coast is in um, basically the same room. Yeah. Okay. I did my first panel there. Uh, when was the last East Coast? Like two years ago. So I did my first panel there then, and I okay. I spoke about ninety percent of the time that all up, everyone was up there. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to know how to break in comics, and I was looking at three other guys who were just indie guys who. Only did their own like fanzine books, and I was like, "What am I doing up here?" <laughs> that was it. You're done. Yeah, well, I'm with Alex Simmons, you know. Uh, so you know, Alex Simmons does blackjack, and is a great writer. And uh, so, you know, I can't say no to Alex. It's one of the few guys yeah. I can't say no to. You know. 
Nice. That kind of brings a point now that I have you guys here. I know the four, the three other douches I talked to, but you guys, you guys, how, how do you guys feel about 2020 and no Comic Cons? Like, like it's, it's, it sucks, right? You miss the interaction with people. As much as I feel like people, I personally love it, but as much as people do complain, they this year they weren't complaining. They missed it. Yeah. So it's kind of like you don't know what you have until it's gone. Mm-hmm. So you really have to appreciate it while it's there and mm-hmm. also kind of understand. I do I do miss them a lot. And I know a lot of them have moved to an online format because I've participated in some of them. It's still a great way to interact and it's a great substitute, but I understand it's still not the same than doing no. it in person. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel really bad for like Artist Alley, Small yeah. Press, those yeah. are the ones that really, this is more than just selling, it's also a great place to promote. And right. you really mm-hmm. need certain larger conventions are meant for promotion, mm-hmm. to be honest. So I do I do miss <laughs> it. I do miss walking down Artist Alley and Small Press and everything. So mm-hmm. The people making some bang up money in Kickstarter and Indiegogo right now, though. Wait, say yeah. again, Dave? So people are making some bang up money on Indiegogo and Kickstarter right now. Mm. Gotcha. Thought- did his, Billy just did his like I don't know fifth or sixth Indiegogo and Kickstarter, and he's over one hundred and twenty thousand already. Wow! Wow! Like, who needs conventions? Yeah. I, I used to be uh, real selective about the Kickstarter stuff, and then this year, I just <laughs> smoke a joint and get drunk and just start funding stuff and, <laughs> and, and that is what he does. yeah it's, we we have a, a video series on our channel here where it's just me unboxing stuff that i forget i got you know some of it's comics nice. some of, i i got this like weird camera camera uh stabilization system oh, that that's a good the thing. only reason i funded it is because somebody ripped off the design and tried selling it on wish and it became this huge thing and then so i'm like you know what i'm gonna give this guy money because they're already trying to rip them off it's got to be good and i got it came in the mail yesterday it's pretty good i haven't used it but it feels like it's good so who knows but i'm like i forgot i i i forgot i gave this guy 45 dollars yeah. that's like <laughs> and, 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 that's like food boxes in the back of your car I'm like did i eat yeah. a second burger <laughs> my, my wife, my wife saw me coming with this package. She's like, oh, what did you get me? And I'm like, uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, like, a couple of heavy metal albums, and yeah, it's nice. ridiculous. I'm sorry, Norm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm very social, so like comic cons or cons, like I love going to them in person, like. You know, I, there's just something more personal about being in the same room with people I want to meet mm-hmm. and meeting other people who want to meet the same people. So for me, going to cons is really, it's really special. So, you know, I understand that it's, you know, easier maybe to just do it online or like video. Um, but man, there's just, there's something beautiful about going to cons. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just love that. watching people and meeting yeah. them and interacting. Yeah. And Normie, I think upon that, also you were right. I think meeting them is different because you also get a, se- a better sense of who they are in person yes. than mm-hmm. what is said online or how they say things online. Obviously, if, if some things are very 
up front. Like I love right. Nazis, right? That, yeah, that's a different dry. thing. <laughs> dry. But but if it's something else, right? right. Um, it's a little it's bit different. Yeah. Question. <laughs> like just some people yeah. are different. I know some people who seem one way online, and then they are very different in person. Yes. I, so I you get know. to know them very different. I it do sounds like Jessica that. went to Ethan Van Skeever's panel. I do hope that one of the things that does come out of, of 2020 is that, you know, people do understand or at least appreciate that you can do like the virtual side of things as well. And maybe that they'll like supplement the in-person like uh, uh, programming with online programming as well for people that can't make it out to conventions when we start having them again. Um, and I definitely understand that, you know, it can't be everything because obviously some things, you know, you want to keep like con exclusive or whatever. But, you know, I mean, I do feel like it would be nice if for the people that for whatever reason, whether they don't have the funds to make it to a, a convention or whether it's too much of a burden to make it out to wherever the convention is, if people could experience that virtually as well, that would be pretty a pretty cool thing. Um, but I, yeah, I can't wait to get back into the convention scene. And I know that you know it probably is not going to happen until maybe the end of next year. But mm. I, I'm okay with that. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that because, like, and, and that's me speaking from the the privilege of being a Southern Californian where. We have like right. three solid conventions that happen at the end of the year, you know what I mean. So, you know, now I know every place doesn't have that. So, you know, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I hope it does happen, and I definitely want it. But more than anything, I want people to be safe. So, you mm -hmm. know. But anyway, they'll probably, have, they'll probably have terrific con, which is in August. You think so? In Connecticut, yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, they probably yeah. will. Does that makes sense because like August. That's why the the okay. um sorry Mohegan. i was just gonna say mohegan sun yeah, yeah okay yeah. i've been there that you know, that's a really august, good show yeah august feels like the earliest you probably could have a con so and you got uh san diego comic-con this july next july whatever i don't i don't look i i, I would know. be I, I feel like comic, really, yeah i feel like july and comic-con it's like not, not only july of just like right on the cusp but there's so many people that come to Comic Con. I was so, I was throwing this out. I was throwing this out to uh, Cliff uh, Galbraith, who runs uh, East Coast Comic Con. When you get your COVID shots, you get a card, and mm -hmm. it yeah. says you had one shot and two shots. Mm -hmm. Show the card when you're going in. Yeah, show your card. Yeah, I have my both shots. Yeah, anywhere you at. Yeah, but but here's the thing: is like the card can't just be like you know. Baskin Robbins stamp card. It has to be like they have their government ID, or else people are gonna fabricate it. Fabricate it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a national number is tattooed on your forearm. Like, I was gonna say a tattoo. No. Um, it could be like Minority Report, where it reads your eyeball. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, it's like it can't it's just be like a little business card because people will make that joint up and walk into Comic Con with COVID. And next thing you know, they're like the nerds to spread the flu. Patch <laughs> <laughs> on our on our shirt right there, like some kind of like a little COVID 
The serum has like some kind of like magneto magnets in your body, so you walk through like a de- detector and it says COVID approved or whatever. Like, like, <laughs> like, that's a smoke. <laughs> I don't wear too much weed to be okay with that, you know. Let's just <laughs> let's just wait a couple years for conventions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Com- Comic Con is too big. It's just yeah. it's just that simple. Like same thing with like E3. Or or anime expo like the big conventions probably need to like all those ones that usually happen in the summer probably need to wait until 2022. The, but also, booking, <laughs> booking too. Booking is a big thing. Like you right. got to book You're the whole year eight. long before exactly. you can't just right. book. I mean, somebody like uh, Mitch who runs uh, Perficon, he has enough connections to be able to put it together. That fast, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm talking in questions. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, but near Comic Con, that is that's a big task. Man. Yeah, yeah. So putting something like that together, it might be tough. For, was it November this year? It's possible. I think they could possibly do it. If they do do it, I'm on the fence. If I, I mean, I think if I get the shots, I'll probably do it. I'm O negative, which is resistant Ooh, against that's very rare. Virus. Yeah, and um, I also had a little asthma, which it blocks the virus also. But that's another thing. Like two fifteen percent, and if I get this shot and wear a mask, then I might go. But you get concrete all the time. I was right. sick. Oh. Yeah, I get brutally, brutally sick. Yeah. Right. Back in two thousand ten, um, I did New York Comic Con, and I more than likely had pneumonia. But I was. For six weeks, I was in bed. No exaggerating. Oh, wow. That's that was brutal. It was brutal. Man. It was brutal. You know why? Because you got that's the year that um, I had the Kickstarter the year of more of the independents come out, and people came from all over the place. Mm-hmm. I remember this girl came up to me, and she, um, she came from Lebanon, and she knew everything about my painting career. Wow. It was, wow. Really, it was really odd. And so, and, and, and she was. But then, then, like, what if you're meeting somebody from there who's got a cold? Then you meet somebody from like Ireland who's got the flu. Then you meet somebody from you know wherever who's got something else, and then you're fucked. You know, right. you have super right. flu. You're, you're dead. Right. And no, but but then like Nomi, I I just stopped teaching. I've been teaching for years, and I would get sick all the time. <laughs> but then I haven't been sick for like seven or eight years. I was about but, to say, look, if you become a teacher, your immune system is top notch. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was teaching all grades. I, I, yeah, I was teaching that. art all grades, and I would get I would get some kid in kindergarten who had the flu, and then some kid in sixth grade who had a cold, and I would be out for like a week. Just, but after a few years of doing that, I, I never immune got system. You're like yeah. the man of steel with immunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know every Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con specifically. I, I, I just have a real bad hangover. Like it just happened. <laughs> uh, I could tell you a little story about that. <laughs> we had a uh, Garab, Garab Seamus threw a big wizard party. Nice at this bar, and it was open bar, which was a bad move right there. So, me and uh. <laughs> Me and the magic artist, Rich Kane Ferguson, we got there like 7 o'clock. They opened at 7, so we were like, okay, we can get that at 7 o'clock, right? So we figured it would be packed, but nobody was there until like 8.30. <laughs> so it was a pool bar, so we were shooting pool, and the waitresses are only making money from tips from us. 
So we have like five or six Guinness each lined up at the bar. We're, we're just, wow. By the end of the night, we are so fucked up. We are hammered beyond belief. I don't remember leaving there or what the fuck happened. I woke up down by the docks on the lawn <laughs> on the grass with a leaf blower guy woke me up. <laughs> He's like, can you move? I have to like blow these little yeah. things out of the way. I was laying on the grass down by the by the docks and I, I I got up and I was like, oh. I walked up, I walked into the computer. I had still have my badge. I don't know how I wanted to steal that. <laughs> and I, I walked in and, and I remember walking past Jimmy Bobby at his table and Jimmy goes, Give me a second. And I was like, What? And he goes, You have grass in your hair. <laughs> I remember going, You gotta calm down. You gotta you gotta chill the fuck out with the party. Oh <laughs> That's hilarious. He's like, You got grass in your hair. And then uh Years ago, but in the early '90s, you know, in the early '90s, they had the near Comic Con. It was like from '92 to '94, I think it was. And after, after I don't know where we were afterwards, but we were in my. I had the Buick Lesabre, which was like a '72 Buick Lesabre, 1972 Buick Lesabre. This thing was a tank car. It was huge. You could fit like ten people in that car too. It was so big, like there was no nothing in between your seats or anything. You know, everybody jammed in, and we all went to um, some parties, and then. At the end of the night, we went to this, I don't know, it was like um, a speakeasy dive or something. It was, it was, it was somewhere in uh, Midtown with train tracks. And we get in there, and it was Tucci was there, Jessica, Joe Jessica, and a bunch of us. And, and we went in there, and I know everybody had guns. Had guns? Guns. And I was like, I remember turning to Billy, I was like, everybody's packing in here. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? I was like, let's get out of here, right? So we left, uh, and then we as we were crossing the street to my car, the police raided the place. <gasps> wow. The timing. Yeah, so we got back to the con, and we're still drunk. <laughs> and the con was just opening. And I walked up and, and I showed her my badge, and, and this woman goes, Dave Ryan. She goes, Dave Ryan's inside already. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is me. Like, you know. So my father said he was me, and he got out of the convention back then. You didn't have to scan anything, right? Oh, no. I got over to my table, and I see him there, and I'm like, I sat down, and no, hardly anybody was in there. And and this kid, this one kid ran over to my table and said, hey, can you draw me Wolverine, Triton Dragonaut, but like on an island and all these things? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> And my, and my father like smacked me in the back of the head. He's like, God, draw the fucking picture, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, did you have to draw Wolverine versus Juggernaut versus on the island? All of that, or just one of them? I'm not drawing any of that. I gotta have some coffee and get sober. <laughs> you know, it's, it's different with drink and draw. Drink and draw, you're drinking at the time. Yeah, right, right, right. Nine thirty in the morning. You haven't had a drink in like four or five hours. I'm all hungover. We're still drunk. I think I don't know. We probably had we probably had six packs in my car too. Oh, hilarious! What yeah. what was the deal with that place? You think that why why was every like was it, it just was like a gangster hour. hangout? Yeah, oh, it was after hours. Oh, I've been I've been to a few places like that in Manhattan where they have like fake doors in the back you walk through, mm -hmm. and it's a whole different speakeasy. 
I see Jessica's yeah. going like, yes, I've been to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like unpacking right now. Because <laughs> she knows how Fantastic Forum gets down. She's like, I don't know if they're going to raid this. I need to be careful. Stream yard, yeah. right, exactly. You're right, you're right. We're dating. Yeah, they have a... <laughs> it was like a, I remember there was a Russian tea room with my friend bartending in, and they had a whole secret door which went in the back, and it was a theater. And they were they were doing a play, but everyone was naked in the play. And I was going like, and I was going like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, and I turned around and, and there was like three kids sitting there. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> that's weird. That's, that's that's a little odd. Yeah, I was like, if the cops raid this place, I'm gonna get arrested for pedophilia. But the Russian, I was convinced too. This is not the ballet I signed up for. Yeah, no way. Enough. That could be a a little scene in Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Padawan naked. <laughs> Look, I, I I hate to do it, but it's about that time. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask everyone to give us some final thoughts, and then it's gonna be time for us to get out of here. But before I do that, I I, I want to definitely thank Dave, Normie, and Jessica for being a part of the show today. Thank you all, and in in uh 2021 which is crazy that you know 2021 feels like some strange future time to me because i'm old (laughs) but uh in 2021 i I definitely want to make sure that we get all of you on individually uh to come onto the show and and so we can like experience each of you in your full glory because you all are all awesome in your own rights and so i just want to thank you again for being here Thank you for the invite. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. It's an honor absolutely. Oh. All right. So, uh, shoot, let's do some final thoughts. Oh, wait. Mo, I'm are you? Yeah. That's I'll okay. We'll add it in post. We'll add it in yeah. post. <laughs> Look. Okay. Normie, why don't you give me some final thoughts? In general? Yeah. Oh, in general. Oh, understand. You can give Give, give me final thoughts. If you want to talk, if you have any final thoughts on The Mandalorian, you're more than welcome to share those. But, and also, I, I would ask you, like, you know, if there's anything you want to promote or anything that you just want to say, like any uh, nugget of wisdom you want to share with the people, give us some final thoughts. Final thoughts. Be good to your fellow human being, right? Right. Just be cool. Be nice. That's all you have to do. If the powers that be are watching this that does Star, Star Wars, my friend Ed Sanchez, find him. Have him direct you an episode. He's awesome. He was just doing Supernatural. Everybody else, continue watching Star Wars. Let's promote it. Let's love it. Disney's given us great content. Content. My thoughts. Amen. And you guys are awesome. All of you. No, oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's high praise coming from the normie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Jessica, why don't yeah. you give us some final thoughts? Okay. Uh, let's make 2021, not 2020 part two. Let's, uh, I, I, I want to wake up to January 1st and not December 32nd. And I was like, oh, 
Um, I think if you, there are so much lore to explore for uh, that unintentionally rhymed for the Mandalorian. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you're sh you know sheltering safer at home, you want to be able to find more things to read or experience. There's great Star Wars comics, books, video games. So many things, even if people say it's not canon anymore, it's still really great read or Amen. something to really absorb or play. And also, I am a co-host on the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. So we are on Facebook. We'll be running another con. We're going to give a gift giveaway for Gamera Arrow. Arrow's video did Gamera the complete collection that's already sold out. And we will be doing a giveaway of it for free. It's going to be a free gift for someone. So we can start off 2020 right. Uh, 2021 right. <laughs> See, already. And again, it's the same. We're on Facebook, the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are also on anywhere you can find podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Panzer Crush, um, Amazon, basically all of the places that you can come and listen to us. We are also the KaijuKingdomPodcast.com. So... You can listen to me and my co-host Chris just talk about kaijus all the time. And yeah, it'll be a fun time. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah, I know for real. Like like what a great name too. Kaiju. I know I didn't even heard of that, Justin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, no, it's okay. I definitely got to talk about that. zombie cats. Now I want to draw kaiju. <laughs> real quick, drop it, Normie, drop it. If you want to listen to me talk about whatever, you can find me on ZombieCast. Yay! 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 Are Damn there zombie I'm a zombie. <laughs> Look at my eyes. Yes. Zombie kaiju. Jeez, that sounds like the worst. That sounds terrible. <laughs> there it is. It's there terrible. It's Give us terrible. a final shot, buddy. This year is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> She's been actually pretty good um, outside of everyone down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. Go ahead. <laughs> Hold on. It's lights now. My face. Interrogation lights. Uh, yeah. I have nothing to say. No. We have a few, quite a few books coming out. Um, uh, we got delayed, of course, from the death of everyone on the planet. But <laughs> we still have the Worldwide Warriors coming out. A uh, bunch of new covers covers and books coming out from Tidal Wave. So we did a bunch of covers for those guys. And that's about it. I have no podcast. So yeah. That's it. <laughs> are you are you open for commissions right now or are you just busy? Uh for for what? For commissions. Okay. Uh I have a couple. I just got one from some guy who I know um who wants me to do his dad who passed away on a bench with the Deadpool in on uh, I don't whatever. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I do I, I, I do, do some. I do That's some. I love that. <laughs> now, now I, mean, I was like trying to buy something and he's all like getting all sad. Yeah. <laughs> I do have some I do have a bunch of sketch covers which I haven't sold yet. I just I don't put them up um uh I have done them. They're mostly on my Facebook page. Some of them, you know, like those Star Wars ones. I haven't, uh, I haven't put them up. So I should have about five hundred of them by the next time the convention, next convention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, usually I just do a piece and then I sell it. I don't. 
Yeah. I do commissions, but, you know, one, it winds up being something fucked up like Moses asked me to do. <laughs> I fall <laughs> from the plane. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Cheery like, falling, his arms back, and like, back from the plane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he posted on Facebook. He goes, give me the most interesting idea, and I'll draw it for you. And well, I just no, that, I remember that time. Well, that was to challenge myself. I said, yeah. give me whatever character you want, doing whatever you want. Right. Nothing sexual, but doing whatever you want. Yeah. So Moses was like the first one was like Nick Fury falling. <laughs> Just like falling? He's like, yeah, falling yeah. from a falling. You know, especially in this old Franco comic, he was always jumping off of something or leaping yeah. into something, but he never like tripped off a hair helicarrier or something. And it's yeah. like what is free falling, yeah, like in mid fall. Yeah. yeah, I got like a she hulk boxing. Um, nice. Just a couple of other weird ones, but it's it's always good to push yourself, yeah, to make yourself uncomfortable to make yourself grow a little further, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was too intense. Sorry, no, 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 not at all, man. That's great advice, Jay. Give us the final thoughts, buddy. Um, so if you're done watching The Mandalorian and you want to animate a parrot with try Trigun, a space western about a guy. A super skilled gunfighter who hates to kill. Um, it's pretty funny, really good. Uh, if you enjoyed The Mandalorian, you should enjoy that. All right. Oscore, final thoughts, buddy. I had the uh, distinct honor, pleasure, whatever, of watching Monster Hunter in movie theaters this weekend. Um, <laughs> Oh no, he's Where's gone he already. I can't wait for uh, in the next couple of days, Wonder Woman. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so get out there, support your local movie theater. <laughs> you suck. Your Jesus. movies are so open. Mine have closed. I would be out there. I was out there. I, I had to cross state lines, but yeah, I, I, crossed into I, would be, I would be willing to cross state lines. You know, when you, you get popcorn, you have to pay for that COVID, like the butter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually upset that I couldn't get nachos because I got some pretzel bite things and like the cheese is packaged. I remember the nachos, the chips are in their own package. Why can't you just give me two packages and let me open them and enjoy them? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, That's a regular Seinfeld you, routine right there. You could just <laughs> use your finger on the cheese and pretend your finger is the. Well, oh, I, 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 I my wife punched me in the face. <laughs> Moses Magnum, please give us some uh, final thoughts. Well, I want to thank our guests. They're people that we've talked to and or hang out with at conventions, and that's kind of the feel I wanted for this uh, Mandalorian talk and you guys didn't disappoint. I want to thank you for being here. And uh, I also want to thank the good people at the United States Postal Service. Uh, they made promises to me in this time where I need them to do a little bit of business and they came through. And uh, it's, it's, they've gone through a lot and uh, there's, I, I can go on a whole diatribe on how they could be fixed, but they came through for me. They literally told me, I got you, bro. And yeah, everybody got everything they needed 
and uh, you know, I can pay the rent for the barbershop. So here we are. Thank you. There it is. There it is. For the entire Fantastic Forum, thank you all for hanging out with us. We do appreciate you. Uh, if you did like the show, please go ahead and you know, give us a like subscribe hit the bell notification or whatever else it is you do on all these different social media platforms because whatever it is do it for us because we appreciate you um yeah we'll be back yeah i guess we will be back next week won't we unless we're going on holiday break yeah you know we it might like we we've I, i feel like this year we've done like a show just about every week this well, year. I mean if you want to like you know if you want I can tell you exactly the number of shows we did this year. Oh if you want to wait a little bit. I mean I'll wait until next long week long for your Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four special. Oh you're right. Wonder Woman does come out on Christmas. Jesus. I know you hate women, but yeah, whatever. What? We'll get through it. Listen, all all the women know that I don't hate women. <laughs> all, all, the, all, the all of them. They, they all can them. feel it. I mean, in, a, in a very respectful way. <laughs> respectful way. Anyway, for the entire, we've done We've been done hundred and eight shows this year. That's nice. Way above our yeah. We we exceeded our contract. Technically, we don't have to work next year. Oh right, because we did like daily shows for a little bit. I forgot. It was like hundred shows. Yeah, for, I like for like six more, more than fifty two. <laughs> I was like, what in the hell? How do we do that? But okay, I got it. Yeah, I forgot that. Anyway, thank you all for supporting us. And, you know, I mean, I, I guess, like, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, wait, is the next show is in 2021 or is it the last show of no, 20? It's just, no, it's just shy. January 1st is Friday. Got it. Okay. So, you know what? Yeah, we're going to come back because it, it'll be a good year-end show. And we'll get to talk about uh, Wonder Woman. But for just, you know, Thank you all for supporting us. We do appreciate you. Thanks again to all of our guests today. You all are so amazing. And like I said, we definitely want to have each of you back on uh, in 2021. So let's make sure that we do that. This is Fantastic Forum. We'll be back next week. Until then, be good to yourself and be good to each other. Thanks a lot.